and welcome to Game Face, episode 182 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. And I'm Matt Kyle. And we're here to bring you the biggest and the best in gaming for the week. Um, it is going to be a gigantic show today, people. We have a ton of topics, and some of them are going to take quite a while to get through. So I don't want to mess around with the uh, pleasantries at the show open as much as we normally do. Uh, just a couple quick updates. Ask Shane anything questions going up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing a new round of that show, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, this episode will be on Android tomorrow. So finally, we're going to be on Android. We're already on iTunes. Uh, those of you watching us on YouTube, and if you don't want to watch the video version, just subscribe to our iTunes feed. Um, you'll actually, in a lot of cases, get the audio version on iTunes a little earlier than you'll get the video version on YouTube. Uh, and just a big thanks to everybody who's watching the show on all the different outlets. Uh, we're going to continue to distribute the show more to other places like Stitcher and things like that. So keep an eye out for that. I know everybody kind of has their favorite podcast app that they use, and we're trying to get out there on all of them so that we're servicing everyone. Um, Some, something happened to my glasses. I don't know what's going on. Are they fogging? They're super, like, greasy or something. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> well, the good news is you don't need to see now to do the show. I can't read the chat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You can always read it over here on my PC. I can't read have the to. chat. I can't see that far. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> there we go. All right. Anyway, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on the open because we have a lot to get to in this episode to get it all done before our allotted time is up. So we're just going to kick things straight off. Uh, we're going to talk first about Tokyo Game Show. Uh, Tokyo Game Show wrapped up on Sunday. So it's only been a couple days since it finished. We did do a preview for TGS Last week on the show, we also did a top 10 most anticipated games for TGS. And as it turns out, that list was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, our Gamescom wasn't quite as good because a lot of the games that we brought up weren't shown or didn't have as big a presence as we thought. That was not the case with Tokyo Game Show. We pretty much nailed the 10 biggest games from the show. Um, and there were details released for pretty much all of them. So we're not going to talk about everything TGS, so if you leave something out that really struck your fancy, I apologize. But again, we have a big episode today, so we're just going to hit the really big stuff. And there was some really big stuff at TGS. Uh, first up, Final the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Matt, did you get to watch the trailer that they released for that? Yeah. Not with sound, but uh, I did get to see it. Oh, why not with sound? I was in a medical waiting zone. Uh, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't watch it with sound, but I watched it with subtitles. Yeah. Um, so what were your impressions of that trailer? Pretty revealing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, it's very pretty. And, like, you can recognize the various moves and stuff in it. Um, it's nice to see something beyond, like, just the opening dungeon. Yeah. You know, like... Just snippets, um, though. They didn't show little much. Little snippets, but we got to, you know, got to see um, Rufus and those guys. Yep. And, like, a little, you know, some of the more, like, kind of secondary characters, not just the party members. And sort of how they're going to play the drama between them, which is, you know, obviously a little more production value heavy than what we got in 1997. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously more expressive than, you know, the the, the mouthless faces with no fingers and all that. It's just interesting to see that stuff sort of, like, Come to presented life. properly. <laughs> yeah. How uh, do you feel? Well, you didn't get to hear it with the audio on. A lot of people were complaining about the voice acting. And if you didn't listen to the trailer, you may not have picked up on it. But mm -hmm. this whole trailer really is kind of an English voice acting trailer. Mm -hmm. The first, like, 45 seconds is just one voice clip after another kind of cut together like machine gun fire. And I think anytime you do that, it's a little tough to watch. 
And kind of the big reaction on Sifted, at least, was that people were like, oh, so much voice acting, and I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I think the bigger problem isn't the voice acting, though. It's the writing. It's the lines in the mm-hmm. game. Um, I think... I mean, it's square. It is. It's. I think. Also, it's like it's a Japanese RPG with a dramatic anime style story, and they're just that's just, they're just going to be like that. I mean, I've been going through that playing Demon X Machina too. It's just you know, there's a there's a certain some would call it heightened. I would call it bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Yakuza sounds like that when you when you dub it in English uh-huh. too. The original PS2 version was dubbed in English, and they had some good. I mean, Mark Hamill was in that. It still was terrible. Like, yeah. it just doesn't match. It's the well. writing, I think, though, is the problem. And yeah. you know, the first game, it wasn't all voiced, so a it wasn't lot of voice at all. So a lot of this stuff you're hearing for the first time with a voice actor saying it. And sometimes when you say something, well, the script is definitely different. I mean, it's not the same lines as the. Some original. of them are. Some though. of them are. But some like, of them they grabbed literally word for word from. I the mean, original. I I can't. I, I'm wondering how, you know, I'm sure Cloud will say let's mosey at some point. Yeah, I mean the iconic and stuff for sure. Of, for, they'll find a way to work in this guy are sick one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but, like, um, I don't know, I mean, this pretty st- – I, I didn't see the whole voice cast, but it seemed pretty standard dubbing people. So, I'm, you know, yeah, the I'm voice, sure they're the, fine. It wasn't the voice acting. It was the um, script. It was the, the lines that they were reading. But, like, yeah. that's just been – that's been Square's problem for years. I mean, yeah. Final Fantasy XV has the same problem. It's, the, the writing's terrible. I mean, and, like, in this trailer, this like – And it doesn't have to be seconds. terrible. It like, doesn't. You, can, you yeah. can make it good, but they just don't – you know, they don't get – I don't know if it's not good writers or they, they, they hamper the writers attempting to localize. They do that thing where Kojima wants everything to be more of a direct translation of the original script as opposed to like a localized thing that makes more sense. Reminder that it, without localization and changing things, we wouldn't have um, uh, codec, the, the word codec. True, we wouldn't yeah. have any. I mean, he, the, that, that script that Kojima hates so much invented a lot of what American English-speaking Metal Gear fans like kind of resonate associate, with. associate with as like trademarks of the series now. Yeah, um, it's a good thing to localize something to feel normal to the audience you're trying to localize it for. It's it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that they put you know eyebrows and different eyes on Ratchet and the Japanese Ratchet and Clanks to make him more appealing to that audience. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So uh, it's weird to me that Square is so far, even though the production value is so high, Square is so far behind the times in terms of, of Square Japan for Square, sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that in Tomb Raider. Right. You don't get that you in their Western You would think that they would start stuff. working with some of their Western studios. And you know, but... honestly, you don't get it in Dragon Age 11. I didn't. Yeah. Play, I mean, that's still pretty standard. I haven't played a ton of that. That's but... still pretty standard anime dub work, but like the the, the writing isn't bad. Like right. it doesn't feel like these actors are struggling to deliver this thing that no one would ever say out loud. Like most of it is pretty solid. Whereas this, especially because it looks so good. I think you're having Your expectations trouble. Expectations for yeah. it's just it, you know this it's the one thing that's not ringing correctly, and you know I, I you know they got time to do a rewrite, but if they've already re- recorded it, odds are we're not going to get that. Yeah, um, there are definitely like four or five like cringe-worthy lines in that trailer. And that trailer is only like ninety seconds mm-hmm. long. It is just one voice clip after another, so they're kind of setting themselves up for failure with the way yeah. they cut it. But yeah, there's a I mean, few lines in there. It was also it was illuminating to play the remaster of Final Fantasy VIII recently, yeah. and like realize that a lot of the a lot of the reason I think you know I think I've said it before, but one of the reasons I think a lot of like JRPG stuff, especially Square stuff from this sort of PlayStation era where everything got really convoluted and pretentious uh, in the wake of Evangelion's popularity, like 
I think one of the reasons that it like hasn't made the transition to modern stuff very well is because all that stuff works better in your head. Like if you just read the text and make it work in your head, it feel doesn't feel as ridiculous as when someone has to say it out loud and you have to hear it. Yeah. And you and it and also when you're hearing it just in the foreign language, even if it's subtitled, like in the Yakuza, it works in its advantage. Like and sometimes you can make bad writing sound better to a foreign ear if they don't understand the language, which is how Shenmue USA happened. Yeah. Shenmue USA was a Dreamcast release of the English dub, famously ridiculous English dub of Shenmue One that Yu Suzuki heard and thought sounded better than the Japanese <laughs> one. So uh-huh. he wanted to release it in Japan so the Japanese audience could experience a better version of Shenmue. And I'm just like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, no. Like, And then that's, when, I remember when that happened, it made me start wondering, like, what if all these Japanese anime dubs, I think, are, like, better than the American dubs are actually just as bad? Right. You don't know. And I don't know because I can't understand it. <laughs> so totally all I hear true. is tone. It could and be. I'm making the, the line make sense in my head by reading the subtitle, and there you go. Yeah. I'm sure because of Square's track record recently that you will also be able to play this in Japanese with subtitles. Like they've usually I'm sure. they've usually done that. So yeah. if the Jap- English dub is just not okay to your brain, I'm sure there will be a solution for that in terms of the Japanese acting. Yep. Uh, a couple other things they They've showed. Done that. They showed some mini games, which you just saw there. They were at the, the pull-up bar doing yeah, mini game. Exactly what I wanted from a Final Fantasy VII <laughs> remake. But they did show turn-based combat. Yes. So there's going to be an option to kind of play it like the original. Yeah, I, wa- I really strongly wonder if this was there from the beginning. Or, I'm sure it was. Or if they did it because there's been a lot of screaming about yeah. the It's not exactly combat. like the original. I mean, it was a very no. short clip. But it, but, but. It, you, but it means, like, you don't have to be a – I mean, I don't think you have to probably don't have to be an action game master to finish this on hard, frankly. Yeah. But, uh, you know – Options are never bad. Accessibility is never bad. I'm, you know, I'm one of the weirdos who thinks that it would be fine if you put an easy mode in Dark Souls. Like I don't yeah. care. I think the accessibility mode or whatever in Dr- Death Stranding sounds great. Yeah. Like the more you can do that, the better. They also Fox showed. Fine. They also showed the first in-game summons, mm-hmm. and it's not this crazy, elaborate, over-the-top thing coming from the heavens, striking a lightning bolt. It's like. It happens on the battlefield, mm-hmm. which means that maybe it's going to actually be a prominent part of the play instead of just being this, like, unicorn that happens mm-hmm. every once. Like, in Final Fantasy fifteen, I don't even know if you got far enough to get them. I finished Final Fantasy XV. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised to hear that. I didn't know that. I hated it from start to finish. <laughs> but I- so then you know. Like, the, the summons in that game were just, like, these novelty tricks, yeah. basically. It's like, hey, here it is, and it wipes everything out, and then it's over. My favorite Final Fantasy summon, which is Leviathan, wasn't even – it was just a cutscene. Right. Right before the game got really bad. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they were just CG yeah. sequences in the original. So it looks like the summons might be these functional parts of combat instead yeah. of just this. I mean, they have, uh, with the exception of, of you know Final Fantasy fifteen in that regard, they did. I think Square has done a good job of moving the summons from like just a big one hit shot to uh, you know from af- after seven to moving them to be more of a something more strategic. Something more strategic. You know, eight tried to make them interactive by making you hammer that square button right. for a yeah. while. Um, but then, like by uh, you know ten, you were kind of swapping them in as like sort of like f- like almost upgrades to the character. It was it was you know they, they've tried to kind of find a way to make that more than just a cinematic sequence for a long time. So that doesn't surprise me. It looked good. Yeah, it was, it was Shiva, right? Yeah, uh, it looked good. I am curious what Leviathan will look like. I always like the Leviathan. I think most people game, they find that just, to be their favorite. You know, yeah, or will Sephiroth still destroy the solar system? Right. 
Um, did he destroy Pluto in the original one? Because we have to, we have to change <laughs> that now, now, what's he going to do? Also, why does that make it? Is, so does, does it take place on Earth? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like what, uh, Don't uh, ask too many questions, Kyle. Right, it raises, all starts to fall apart when you do this that. This just raises more <laughs> more questions than answers. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Death Stranding had its, its biggest coming out party ever. Uh, and first he showed 50-plus minutes of gameplay. Despite him asking you not to watch it if you intend to play it anyway. Right. He's like, don't watch these demos, fans. Yeah. So who's supposed to watch it the then? people, people who, who aren't sure, <laughs> who have 50 minutes to spare for a game they may or may not be interested in. Yeah, very bizarre. I did watch it, and what I saw was pretty disappointing, I have I to watched admit. some of it. I didn't watch all of it. I mean, it was like 80 minutes of footage total yeah. acro- across the whole show. Yeah. And like... Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, <laughs> but like, we need you know, that meme to throw up on during the show. But like, it's just, it's it's bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. Um, the survival aspect. I mean, I it's I, a survival game. I mean, I knew when they showed him peeing that I'm I like, kind of had no way idea, Kojima's but... gonna make let you pee without creating the pee somehow. So clearly, you had to at least drink something yeah. in the game. Um, so yeah, uh, I I feel. You know, while it, it doesn't, like, turn me off, it's not going to stop me from playing it in part. I mean, it wouldn't stop me from playing it in the sense that we're going to have to talk about the stupid thing. <laughs> For the but next like, three months. But, like, um, it wouldn't, you know, if, if I wasn't doing this for a show, I would also probably still play it just out of, like, morbid curiosity at the very least. Um, but I do feel kind of vindicated in having spent ye- literal years looking at all the media for this and being like, I'm not excited. I don't know what it is, and I don't trust the man. Yeah. Like, and here we are. I mean, as it turns out, it's like a hardcore survival sim where you're not only maintaining your character, making sure that he's fed and he has drinks and then ultimately mm-hmm. relieving himself, and you also have to maintain the baby. So, it, like, you, the baby will start getting pissed off. It's an unofficial sequel to Metroid Other M. Yeah, you have to sit down and, like, play harmonica for the baby. <laughs> and the baby will, like, dance around in, like, the little enclosure. It's – the whole game is driven by satisfying the needs of humanity. The, to me, it's that like is – the anti-video game. Yeah, to me, this is a huge <laughs> turnoff. If you watch Game Face or if you've even watched me back in the GT days on Invisible Walls, you know I am not a survival game fan. It is not something I enjoy doing. I do not like looking at like eight different meters and being like, oh my God, his feet are sore. And that's another part of the game. Like your feet get like beat up and bleed. Like one the big part of the demo showed him taking off his shoes and his feet are just like a bloody mess. Like you can tell this game was made by someone who's been in the city for his whole life. Like, yeah, pretty like, much, yeah. What an amazing gameplay element. You hurt your feet by stepping on grass. <laughs> I uh the ladder thing's cool though. I guess. Um, I, I mean, know. it's a cool visual effect. Oh, sure. It's a cool gameplay. Well, I don't know if you heard or not, but another thing that they showed is a very Dark Souls, Bloodborne-ish yeah, online functionality. Thing, yeah. So as you go through the world, people can leave traces behind of what which, they've done. Yeah, which is another element of like, of like, oh, it's a brand new... Is it? Is it a brand new way to play a video game? Or is it yeah. just your version of Dark Souls Mingle Player? I mean, that seems like... It feels feels done. Yeah, well, they, they didn't go into much details. They just kind of yeah. showed it. I mean, that's the strand thing, right? It is, yeah. I mean, that's the the connective part of it that he's been talking about all this time. Um, I don't know if there's going to be more to it, but what they showed was pretty flimsy. Like, you can see 
ladders from players who came before you. Mm. You can see like the silhouette of the ladder. I mean, it should help you play the game. Yeah. So is the premise that like there's gonna there's like an infinite number of Norman Reedus's or? No, I don't think they're. You're, you're supposed to have just been other people doing your job right. in your universe. Yeah, because he's not the only courier. Right. But they are, in fact, other people playing as Norman Reedus. Just right, leaving their leaving traces debris behind. in your game. Pretty much, yeah. To make it flesh, to basically flesh it out. Yep. Um, I mean, that could help with making the, the open world feel more populated or cluttered or something. At least feel alive. Like other thing, other things are in it. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, you're just walking. Just walking. Yeah, but I would say after a TGS, my hype levels, and this game's only about six weeks away at this yeah. point, by the way. It's pretty crazy to think about. But my hype for this game went way down after a Tokyo game show. I, I'm sad to say it. I was really excited for this, and I am always willing to try something new. And I will play this just because it, it at least has the the veneer of something different or new, although mm. I feel like ultimately I might be disappointed. I mean, it... <laughs> It's. I at least don't look at it like I look like Borderlands. Look at Borderlands Three. Yeah. At least it's like, well, I haven't done that before. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do it at all. Yeah. But it's not a repetition. I mean, it, it does feel like maybe this is full of a lot of ideas he had for Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Five that they wouldn't let him do. Yeah. Because it would explain why the open world exists in Metal Gear Solid yeah. Five. And why it's so boring. Why there's nothing to do in it yeah. between like mission locations. Yeah. Um. So I can see that, but like, um. I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, you know, can you sell 10 million of these? Mm. Maybe I if mean, you, maybe you don't tell people too much. We talk about certain developers and publishers that get bumped from the press usually. Mm. I don't know that there's one bigger than Hideo oh, Kojima. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the game is going to review really well, I think, no matter what. I mean, I mean, I think you get bumps for, like, Miyamoto stuff or, like, stuff like that. But, like, the thing is that, it, as far as I'm concerned, like, Miyamoto can, can back the hype. Right. Whereas, like, he delivers, Ka- yeah. Yeah, Kojima... Mm... He delivers in patches. It's spotty. <laughs> like, he delivers if your expectations are of a certain level. Yeah. And if you are familiar enough to know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and even then, sometimes you're like, wait, why Why does Metal Gear Solid... Why did you go so far to, put, to recast Snake, and then he barely says anything? Yeah. With, so, us, with an expensive voice actor. Yeah. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland it's like, not, you paid him a ton of money for that, and yeah, I don't know why. You could have gotten, like, David Hayter for, like, a week for one day at Kiefer Sutherland. Pretty much. Like, pretty much. So, anyway, that's Death Stranding at Tokyo Game Show. I was hoping for a much better showing than we got. I mean, if they... It's not... I can't say they didn't show you what it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's there. Now you know... It's all on the table. Yep. You can make a purchase decision knowing what the game is, and if you get burned by it, it's your fault. Yeah. Or our fault. But for telling people to what it is or misinterpreting what it is. And if but, you point the camera at his crotch too long, he punches you. That's right. Yeah, the other thing that they showed was him in, like, his safe house or whatever yeah. and all the different stuff that goes on there. Um, it's pretty in-depth and elaborate. Um, it doesn't look like a whole lot of fun, but no. it's curious and strange, I guess is the best way to put it. Kind of like this whole game, really. Curious and strange. Cradling an invisible baby with a woman who... Whose expert, whose expertise, <laughs> Just look at that scene. expertise implies <laughs> that she's like eighteen in her forties, but she looks about seventeen. Yeah. Like I don't, it's pretty bizarre. That's one thing I will say. The game is still bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that hasn't hasn't been squashed throughout all the showings for the last the six months. Invisible baby, go, Just, and okay. then yeah, you can see it with this little projector thingy, or you can't. Mm. I, I don't know. 
Anyway, that's Death Stranding. Is that what the projector things are for? Or they, have they got into that? They d- actually, they detect like the supernatural right. beings. Yeah, they're, I don't. But they're, I guess that baby they're, they're is. Or they're is basically it? your radar, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it works. How it works, but yeah, I don't know. I hope other people are still excited. Like, I'm, I'm kind of bummed now because I was really excited to play this game, and now I'm not that excited to play it. I I was never excited to play. I know it, so you've I'm, been I'm on the, sort of you've been consistent I'm the, the whole coast. way through. Absolutely, no doubt Nothing's about it. Nothing's changed. I'm still on I, the track. I've been like a seesaw going up and down, like ever since this thing was announced, and now I'm on the downside. So I don't know what it's going to take here in the last six weeks to get me back on the upswing. But it's going to time to be... flip out one of those extending ladders and get back up to the top <laughs> of the hype mountain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, this this next game we're going to talk about wasn't a Tokyo Game Show game per se, but Nintendo kind of hijacked Tokyo Game Show to show like this, to, do that. to unveil like... this. Nintendo never has a big presence no. in TGS. They like to unveil stuff that week just by coincidence. Yeah, like even with the Switch, it still doesn't have a big Tokyo Game Show presence. You would think that like with the Wii or the Switch when they have big hits that they would roll into TGS and like blow it up, but that's not what Nintendo does. Uh, instead, it likes to play on the the built-in organic traffic that TGS generates to get people to get their eyeballs on what it's working on. And we mentioned this game last week in the show. They had put out kind of a teaser trailer for it, but at TGS they unveiled the whole thing. And it is called Ring Fit Adventure. It's the game we showed last week that has like the weird ring that you squeeze mm-hmm. together. And we assumed you're going to exercise with it. Well, yeah, a, you do. It's a fitness RPG. It is, a, but it's also like a turn-based RPG that you play with the ring. With these completely legitimate real people. Yeah, I had to actually cut out <laughs> when I was working on this B-roll for the show. I cut out the first like 45 seconds with those two. I was like, nobody wants to see this. Um, but anyway, you snap the Joy Cons into the ring, and you have another band that you can see there. You put around your your thigh, and you run, you jump, you, you, you squeeze you, you squeeze the ring to do certain things. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more for this peripheral than just this game. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of its big, I don't know, Trojan horse. I, fe- that- I feel like I'm being initiated into a cult. Like <laughs> they do look like cult members. Like there's, there's just there's something <laughs> blank in the eyes on these two that really... Make, really, like, sets my fight or flight off. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I will say this. That ring looks like it has some crazy technology in it because yeah. it, it can sense how hard you're squeezing it. Mm-hmm. And you can also adjust the tension on it so it's harder to squeeze together as you get stronger and you get better, I guess. I, like, I guess this is just, like, you got to let the weirdo waggle wee team out of the closet every once in a while <laughs> yeah. and let them do something. I guess this is it now. Yeah, I mean, look, it's better than we Fit. Yeah. I'll say that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm mildly interested in this. I, yeah. Like, I'll probably get this, really. I, I, I make anything into an RPG, and I'm going to, like, notice. Yeah, basically. I'll at least give it a shot. And it is funny. The turn-based RPG has turned into, like, the de facto Trojan horse in the gaming mm-hmm. industry. Uh, it is a pretty it's easy... It's like endless mobile games with microtransactions. Like, it's it's the way you it's the way you get in. It's pretty easy to create turn-based RPGs yeah. as well. And it's pretty easy to play them. Like this, It is, the, yeah. And it's funny because there was that period of time in the old days when, like, turn-based RPGs were like, oh, nobody plays that. Like, yeah. That, that takes time and effort. Like, And now it's just like, oh, no, it's super simple. You just pull out your phone, play, da, 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 you're done. So, yeah, it makes sense that that's... And then, like, you mix it in with these mini-games, which are very Wii Sports-ish. Well, this stuff here is, like, how you get from, like, one battle to another. Yeah, like, you, you have run. to run and... Well, I mean, it's kind of the, the dirty little secret, isn't it? It's like, if you if you look at, like, how, like, RPGs and, like, action-adventure stuff happens, like... 
you would have to be in such good shape to do what video oh, game yeah. characters do. <laughs> Not even like like the fighting and the flipping and the just, just getting there. Just how long we make these <laughs> characters run? Yeah. It is pretty crazy to think about. Well, you're going to think about it while you're playing this. You're going to be like, dang, man, look, yeah. <laughs> you run a long ways in this game. But look, Wii Fit to me was like bare bones for like fitness gaming. It's like do push-ups, do sit-ups. Like yeah. this has you doing all that stuff, but there's a purpose to it. I'm surprised they never kind of extrapolated the original Wii Fit balance board into something more along these lines. Um, it only got what, like an extra two apps besides Wii Fit something like that it really yeah. worked with. Um, so this looks like the natural evolution of Wii Fit and a lot more interesting to me. The peripheral looks cool. I need to get in shape. So maybe this is like, this is uh, nature calling to me saying, Shane, maybe this is what you need to do mm. to, to finally get your uh, fat ass in shape. So I'm more excited for this than I thought I would be for sure. Like when we saw it last week and looked at it, I was like, oh God, like I had no interest in it at that point. And now not 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 really that way. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited for it. Um, this trailer is like seven minutes long, so they definitely debuted it like with plenty of information and details. Um, unlike Kojima, Nintendo well, long before that character gets into Smash. Yeah. Oh, you're right though. <laughs> she will be. In, she's probably the next DLC character in Smash. Yeah. Or she could be like a an echo of uh, Wii Fit Trainer. Right. Uh, that's, yeah. That's probably what will happen actually. Um, and Smash at TGS, like there was some news, like just basically saying more DLC characters are coming. He made some statement about how... Come on in, just put your keys in the bowl. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made some comment, Sakurai made some comment about Awada and about how that was the last thing that he tasked him with before he died. He's like, make sure Smash is great. And that was pretty heartfelt. Mm -hmm. um, but there's more and more DLC characters coming for that. Oh, yeah. And then maybe someday Sakurai can actually take a vacation. And maybe if he does that, the next Smash might be something different, actually. Uh, I don't think that would yeah, go over Yeah, it might well. be asking for too much. But, but um, uh, the last the last DLC character will be Sakurai. It should be. It should be. Who's <laughs> digitized himself into the I game. mean, he said he's quitting on that franchise how many times now, and he keeps coming back. This might actually be the last one now that Awada's gone. Because mm. I guess Awada made him promise that he'd finish the game and do his best. So... Hard to argue that he did anything but. Yeah, you gotta eat your vegetables when your dad tells you to do it on the on the deathbed. That's right. So, uh, that's Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, next up, the next Yakuza game, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which Yakuza Like a Dragon is the name of the film that the game series was originally based on. Uh, they, is that correct? No. No. Uh, there is a g movie of the game series, but it's not what it was based on. Like a Dragon is the original title of the game series in Japan. It's called Like a Dragon. There is a film called Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, but it's based on the games. It is. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that it had come before the games. I mean, it is reason. based on a lot of various Yakuza movies, but not one specific as far as I know. Okay. But they did make a Yakuza movie called oh. Like a Dragon. Oh, gotcha. Because that's, that's the what I saw. It's literally, the, the series is not called Yakuza in Japan. It's just called Ryuga Gotoku, which is uh, Like a Dragon. Yeah. So now... This one's called, uh, in, in America, it's going to be called Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. So no, in Japan, it's Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon. It's also Here, it's, also, it's just Yakuza. It's just Yakuza? Yeah, I heard it the other seven. way around. Yeah, well, you'll see in this trailer, like, the 7 comes up in the Japanese mm -hmm. logo. But here, it's just Yakuza, Like a Dragon. That's what Sega said in its press release that they sent us anyway, which is weird. Well, <laughs> like, why? I mean, it's a break in the series, so it's not like... It's also weird because Like a Dragon specifically refers to Kiryu. Yeah, because that's his name, right? And so, but now it's a different protagonist. Yes, so a I, new, brand new. I mean, protagonist. It makes sense to have a break between. 
Well, they finished the, the, the arc. Ki- the end of the Kiryu stories yeah. and the beginning of the new stories, but I don't know. Like, we'll see how it is. I like the, the uh, B-boy breakdancing turn-based mm-hmm. combat. That that definitely hooked me. I was like, well, oh, the, hey. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not against the turn-based stuff. Like, I think, uh, you know, you might as well change it up. I mean, it was kind of heading that direction already you, with, like, the support stuff that it had. You in know, the, and you've taken, the, you've taken the action combat about as far as it'll go. Yeah. And, like... You might as well do something different. Like this is a, a kind of a, might be a fun thing to, to be able to do things you couldn't do before. Certainly, the uh, lobster summon is pretty great. Yeah. Um, like it, it lets you have a little more fun and a little more like wackiness. So I got I got nothing nothing against that. I mean, I like this franchise for that because there aren't enough open world action adventures that have fun. They're mm-hmm. all too serious. You get Saints Row and you get Grand Theft Auto, and everything else is just death, life or deathly serious. So it's good to see more franchises that try to poke some fun at it and, and have some fun, in all honesty. And I'll say this. This game looks fun. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that they show in it is like, what? That's interesting. That's cool. Like, I don't know. It looks like it's the next evolution of the franchise. and Dramatic test-taking. Yeah, and a real evolution. Mm-hmm. Not a revolution, but an evolution at least, which I think the series needed at this point, despite the fact that it's – this little franchise that, for whatever reason, everybody on Sifted loves. It's crazy. Like, any, anytime something new comes out for Yakuza, it immediately, if you go to, like, the most popular page, it's there. Mm. People love it. It's uh, It's been interesting to watch. God. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this looks cool, man. I'm, I'm probably more excited for this than I have been since maybe, like, the second Yakuza. Because mm. after that, I kind of checked out a little bit and stopped playing them. Uh, but this looks like it might get me back in. Um, so I'm pretty excited for it. And it had a good showing at Tokyo Game Show. There's also a ton of gameplay for it that they showed. Uh, you can check that out on Sifted. Just go to the game page and Sifted by gameplay. And there's like a 10-minute chunk of the game that they played uh, during a stage show. So if you want to see more, head over there and check it out. Uh, next up, the game that we talked about a lot last week. Uh, and it was number one in our most anticipated game list for Tokyo Game Show. And that is Project Resistance, which is, as we... We guessed it was a Left 4 Dead-style clone, mm-hmm. and as it turns out, that's exactly what it is. Uh, the crazy part about all this is, so they showed the crap out of it at Tokyo Game Show. There's literally, like, an hour of gameplay on Sifted for this already. They Capcom still has not committed to releasing this, Matt. It's just like a, what do it's you a, think? It's like a test, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're doing a closed beta in, like, a week for it. Interesting. So, yeah. When I, was, I understand, you, like, someone actually plays as Mr. X? Yeah. Like it's an asymmetrical thing? Yeah, so Mr. X also isn't Mr. X. As it turns out, he's okay. a... Right, it turns out he's a robot. <laughs> which actually makes way more sense Yeah, so at that point, you might as well make it the dog from the end of Shadows <laughs> of Shadows 2. Or tofu. A piece yeah. of tofu. How awesome would that be? <laughs> Mastermind of the entire Resident Evil franchise turns out to be Hunk all along. Yeah, so it, you're right, In though. It, it is a bit asymmetrical, like... One player can play as Mr. X, which gives it a little bit of a twist. But, again, this is stuff that we've been doing for a while now. Um, it, maybe it might be nice to get a polished one because a lot of these games that we've been getting have been from smaller studios. Yeah, like the last one was, uh, that we really had an ambition to it, you know, like a AAA space is probably Fable Legends, which Yeah, which never even released, it. yeah. Um, we've had a couple, you know, that obviously Evolve was really the first stab at it, and that was a big-budget game. Yeah. But the rest have come which, from... Which demoed real well, but didn't survive contact with real, the real world. It didn't. Uh, and then, you know, the real prominent ones, like Friday the 13th, that's made by, like, some little dinky studio. Yeah. And it was, like, a broken mess for, like, the first however long. Yeah, I mean, I think you're the king of this kind of thing is, is still dead by daylight at this point. You know, doing they're doing very well. they got tons of content, very healthy player base. 
But it's a very repetitive game. Yeah. But the question becomes, like, is the repetition, is the way that the fact that you do the same thing over and over again, no matter who the villain is, is that why it's successful? Because people know what they're what's expected of them. Like, if you complicate that too far, uh, do you lose the, the, the appeal? Um, which I guess is what the beta maybe be, might be testing. But Here's a funny quote from Justin Horman in the chat. They should just make Mr. X Terry Crews and have him screaming at you about body wash the entire time he's chasing you. <laughs> Old Spice! I think there's a lot of potential unrealized in the genre yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, it's still young. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to see uh, a big budget. He, look, he looks like a, like a berserk Eddie Valiant. Yeah. <laughs> Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you excited for this game at all, if it ever comes out? No. No. Not, not in any way. Do you like asymmetrical form. multiplayer games? I like the idea of them, but I've never enjoyed one. You know what? I, on Oddly enough, I think the one I enjoyed the most was probably Friday the 13th. And it's a broken mess, mm-hmm. but I love the IP. And I've been a Friday the 13th fan for since I was like eight. So I have an affinity for it, and I think that's why I give it a, a pass for I mean, it is broken. Like, I definitely enjoyed when I played the, it, it was straight up broken. I definitely like the freeform aspect of Friday the 13th more than like Dead by Daylight, where it's just that sort of by rote, go fix generator, go fix generator, go fix generator, and I'll leave sort of thing. I mean, Friday the 13th does that too. It does. Like but you like, have to fill the, up the car with gas. Right, and, but there's mul- multiple ways to get out, and they're not all the same thing. It's true. Like, it's, it's, it's like you, know, you, you have to figure out the lay of the land, where everything is, what you have access to, and what the best option would be right now based on where you are and who you get to work with and whose skills are what. Yeah. Um, and there's like there's a sense of ownership in Dead by Daylight as you upgrade their, your characters as permanent and stuff like that. But like I just never found the idea of like you're just doing the exact same thing every single time no matter what the killer is to be interesting. And I thought Friday the 13th changed it up a lot better, but it just never had a chance because they hit licensing and, and rights issues like, you know, pretty early in the life of the game. Yeah. And that's just sort of it was the end of that. And it ruined a lot of the DLC and yeah, yeah. They had a rough road with that game, and the game was really rough. When I played it at launch, it was like a broken mess. Like I remember one time I was getting, we had filled up the car with gas, and we were getting ready to like take off, and you just see Jason just skating across the top <laughs> of the lake like a million miles an hour, and he catches us and like kills us. I was like, <laughs> what just happened? Like that kind of stuff was happening all the time. I haven't played it for a while. They may have fixed it now, but. Um, it was the one I had the most fun with. It definitely wasn't the most polished or the best crafted or anything like that. No. I just like the IP. So maybe this game is something that, mm. you know, with a budget behind it and, a, you know, an IP that I care about, maybe... My, my eye for this will still remain on Predator. Yeah. Um, Hunting grounds. That's a more interesting, more interesting idea. I'm just, I don't, I don't care about more slow clunky zombie stuff yeah i mean it looks like mr x is really the only thing that makes it resident evil there's zombies in it but it's not like resident evil owns zombies or anything or it has even a signature style of zombie i mean it's i think it's probably good that they're looking at it as a proof of concept right now because i don't i don't see this being particularly impactful were it to release be released to market yeah i have a feeling it might just end up being like a free-to-play game where people pay for hats capcom's showing (laughs) shine was really pretty Lackluster. Oh, it was terrible uh, for like, Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, that was like their, terrible. Their, their adult conference or whatever that was, where like it was just like talking about the ports of like Resident Evil like five and six, and yeah, it was all stuff we everybody seen before. It was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. They're surfing on that uh, Monster Hunter money. They yeah. don't care, man. They're just like whatever. We're good. <laughs> like they don't need to release anything new. They just put out that expansion. It's gonna sell like crazy. And yeah, 
Or wait, is the expansion? Yeah, the expansion is out. Yeah, Ice Iceborn. Iceborne. Iceborne. Yeah, which looks like it's doing pretty well so far. It got great reviews. So I still can't. Can't. Yeah. I don't like those games. <laughs> I, those uh, are the those are the biggest the the Monster Hunter games are like the biggest like I wish I liked this but I don't games. Yeah. Like I just can't. I I played one for a really long time and I felt no need to play anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like I played it for like eighty hours and I was like that's it like they haven't really evolved it since then. Yeah, I mean, World is definitely the best iteration of the guy of the concept. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like. If you've been playing it all along, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't enough for me to get hooked again. But there's a lot of people who did. Oh yeah, it sold very, very well. Uh, next up, the new Guilty Gear, definitely the marquee fighting game that was at Tokyo mm-hmm. Game Show. Uh, before the show, the lead developer of Guilty Gear said it was going to be a huge departure for the franchise. They were turning it on its head. It was. I mean, at this point, even after Tokyo Game Show, it's still called New Guilty Gear. They haven't given it a subtitle or anything. Well, that's because they got to make up some weird combination of consonants that can't be pronounced by anybody. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen overnight. It has to have a colon and a semicolon yeah. and random intercaps. And, and, a, and a, a symbol that you pronounce a way that you've never pronounced that symbol before. Yeah. <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty Gear Pound <laughs> Prime Hashtag <laughs> Accent Core. But Accent Core is just like an apostrophe. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like... Like, all right. What sorry. do you think of what they've shown of this so far? Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Like, I like Guilty Gear. I like Blaze Blue as well, but I like Guilty Gear um, all the way from the... I remember my, the first time I played it was the first game placed on PlayStation PlayStation 1. It was PlayStation 1. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I went into the, the import shop back when you had local import shops. And uh, you know the the woman who owned it, Natty. Uh, she uh, she was she owned it was a place. It was called Network Video in Burlingame, and Natty owned it. And she was a, a middle aged Indian woman from like India, like mm-hmm. Asian India, and um, she was a she was a trained expert jeweler, and she came over here and opened a video store and fell in love with video games and started selling like import games. Wow. And she knew games as well as any of us. Wow, like, that's in, awesome. We go in and talk about games and she she'd just be like, "Oh, such a good game." Like she just she <laughs> lo- like all she did she loved them. She that's loved great. them. And eventually she moved back to India and and continued being a jeweler there. Where she made real money. She did. Yeah. <laughs> but for a few years there she ran the best import store in the Bay Area and I came in one day and I was just looking around and she's she's like, "I have a game for you." Uh, you're gonna love it because I know you buy all the fighting games. This Guilty Gear thing, just get it right now. Get it right now. I'll give you ten dollars off if you buy it right now. And you go home and try it. I guarantee you. And I and I took it home and I, I, she was completely right. Yeah. And I was a Guilty Gear fan from from then on. That's awesome. Um, Do you so, see yeah. anything in this trailer? Because they didn't really give up a lot of information about it. it. They, I mean, the characters look bigger. I mean, it might just be that the the angles zoomed in to for the trailer but the characters look bigger and it almost has like a the, uh, a vibe to me of the new samurai showdown like there's there's less like there's the combos are still better but there's less like launching and aerial stuff and yeah. like it feel it feels like a like a like a, a, a lower to the ground chunkier take on it outside of like that which is clearly like a kind of a self-contained cinematic thing like the the verticality is a little more limited yeah. and it's a little more cinematic so i, w- I would say like if they're going to change it up like that they're probably going to go in something of a samurai showdown direction with it it also looks like there might be some kind of a clash mechanic mm-hmm. where like you come together like uh was it the last soul caliber that did that yeah i mean yeah. they've done stuff like that before um none of us really worked tremendously well um, but I'm inter- I'm interested to see what they do with it. Like you know, 
the, the so-called anime fighters have sort of been the same thing over and over again for a long time with better and better graphics and more and more characters. Uh, I'm curious to see what the roster looks like if, if they're redoing it this hard. Like, are they going to pare the roster back down because everybody's kind of got their favorites? Like, the idea of removing characters from Guilty Gear is... Uh, I mean, obviously, you're probably going to do that anyway to sell DLC, but, like, uh, you're going to have a lot of angry fans on your hand if you ch- cut this character and keep this character or keep this character cut this character. But, uh, I mean, I think it looks great, and I pretty much trust those guys to do what they think is best for the series. Um, yeah, that team's been so, together for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more of it. I wish I wish we got more details on the, on here, but I didn't really expect any. Yeah, he did a, an interview with Famitsu, but didn't give up a whole yeah. lot of details about it still, so... Well, it's there. It's coming. It's yep. nice to know. Yep, still shrouded in secrecy. Uh, next up, this was maybe the biggest shocker from Tokyo Game Show. Castlevania Grimoire of Souls was shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game has like had, like, no media. And, in mm-hmm. fact, we're about to show the trailer, which I can pretty much guarantee is going to throw up copyright strikes on mm-hmm. YouTube. So, mm-hmm. so, subscribers, patrons... Enjoy watching the video of this game because the folks who are going to watch this on YouTube, it's going to be all blacked out. I guarantee it. Uh, what do you think? Nope. No. You're well, not a it, fan. It's just it's just that co-op. To me, it looks like that co-op game. Remember that co-op game on Xbox Live? Was it Harmony of Distance? Oh, Army yeah, of yeah, yeah. Whatever that was? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of that because it's a mobile game. Yeah. Right? It, like, it, I, I think it's going to be like kind of like a weird bite-sized thing. Thing I don't know. Like, it's got like an all-star cast. It a does. lot of sometimes that's a bad omen. Yeah, well, because like it means that they're not going to design these levels to be as precise as they could be because you have to make it make it so work for anyone all of them. can get through it. Yep. Um, it also means that the story probably is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Well, because it. when you start bringing all these characters together, you have to try to rationalize it some way. Yeah. Well, it's, it looks like pretty pretty standard kind of mobile game stuff. You got the co-op play with that, which is, you know, that's why I say it reminds me of whatever that... I can't remember what the name of the Harmony of Dissonance, or there was a... That might be the second Game Boy Advance game. It was, yeah. It was Because it was... The other... The, the, the multiplayer game is HD as well, because it was HD. Um, yeah, Harmony, Harmony of Dissonance. Harmony, I Harmony actually of, have a signed copy of Harmony that Harmony of Despair? Ego. Maybe. The Let's see what chat says. <laughs> Harmony of Despair. Yeah. Yep. The 360 game was Harmony of Despair. Yeah. Yeah. Even and, he was saying something HD. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Thanks, Justin Horman. And I mean, that game. It's not like that game wasn't fun, but it's not like it scratches the Castlevania itch the way yeah. like a Bloodstained would. Yeah. After playing Bloodstained, this has a lot. To I mean, it's nice to. that the that the IP is not dead, except you know outside of the Pachinko realm, but. Meh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was it's, pleasantly surprised to just see it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting that, like, the the demo, uh, at least a couple of the demos that people got were in English. Yeah. Which it indicates looks like it's that coming they're probably coming here. Yeah. So. I mean, Konami has to. It only releases, like, one real video, ga- video game a year. I mean, I get, but they don't need to do anything. They else. don't. They got, it's making plenty of money all on its own. Money hand over fist from all that. I mean, they didn't need to release Metal Gear Survive, either. Yeah. For everyone's benefit. They yeah. could have not released that. <laughs> You're going to play it, though, right? Castlevania? Grimoire of Souls? I might. Uh, I definitely will. It depends, you know, when it comes out and what kind of phone you need. I mean, I, my, my iPhone's a couple years old at this point, but we'll yeah. see. I'll definitely play it. Um, if only just to make fun of Konami. I might wait for the, <laughs> I might wait for the Switch version. Because uh, you know that's happening. Yeah. It'll be the first console version. Because remember, Konami made all that money off of that crappy Bomberman game at the yep. Switch launch. Because the yep. launch lineup wasn't great. Uh, once you got past Zelda, anyway. Uh, next up, Neo 2. 
How are you tracking on this, Matt? I keep forgetting it exists. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. Been a while. Yeah, I mean, it, we hadn't gotten any media for this for a long time, and then the trailer they put out at Tokyo Game Show, and you're seeing it right now, is like 45 seconds long. Um, yeah, but it's still supposedly early next year. Well, it was supposed to come out this year. That's what was its release date all along, and then yeah. at Tokyo Game Show, they said Q1 2020. I mean, I think we figured that. like We just hadn't seen it enough for it to be this year. Yeah. I was holding out hope because it is Koei Tecmo. It's pretty good about hitting its release date. Also, dates. I wouldn't want to put this out anywhere in the remainder of the year. Yeah. I don't know. The schedules. end of the year isn't looking that stacked. It's, it's stacked with like kind of like the usual suspects. I mean, I guess you could put, probably put it in December and be okay, but it, it's not really a December game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's completely different from most of the big budget stuff that's going to come out yeah. over the next few months. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything good for it. That's true. I mean, people are usually going to default to their defaults before they buy the weird samurai game. Yeah, some of the new stuff that was shown off, and some of it was known but just shown for the first time. Uh, a player created character, so it's not a prefab character that you're, you're going to play. Stuck as. with uh, Geralt the samurai this nope. time. No, yeah, you can create your own character in the game. Uh, I also noticed now that we have better mics that I say character weird. I say character. Character. So last week, what was the word that you said I said weird? Uh, saw. 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 It's so, Saul. Yeah, so I always listen to the audio version of this afterwards just to listen to the show and to hopefully make it better. And I notice that I say character weird. I say character. Hmm. <laughs> you got me all paranoid about how I, I talk do. now. This is dialect. It is, I guess. Um, so, yeah, you, you can create your own character, uh, in, character in Neo 2. That's how I say it, character. Wooder. Uh, you can also turn into a yokai. Mm-hmm. in the game, which is a new feature, um, which should, should make it pretty exciting, I think, and should give the game a new twist. Beast mode. Pretty much. And we're going to get into a little bit of that when we talk about Borderlands 3 here in a bit. <laughs> I don't know which character you're playing as, but... The uh, gunner. Flack? No, oh. that's the Beastmaster. Yeah, I'm playing as Flack. I'm Beast playing Master. as the, the girl who has the, the... Diva. I'm playing as the girl with a mech. Yep. Of course so, I'm playing as the, as the girl. Of course you are. <laughs> well, how, did, how did I not know that? Why, am I, why did I even ask that question? Uh, are you excited for Neo 2? Um, the marketing has been so low-key. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but I am going to play it. I like the first one. Yeah. I didn't finish it because it's really long. It's really hard, too. It is hard. It is, it is even, even, even for Souls players, it's hard. I think a lot of Souls players would agree that Neo is harder than most of the Souls games. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't finish it Not necessarily it in a complimentary way. But, right, yeah, uh, maybe it's like too much. Yeah. But um, I, I hit a point where like I, I liked it and I liked all the design and it was cool to see everything, but I hit a point where like it was just so stressful to have to fight another boss so soon after the last boss. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I need a break. <laughs> Can't and do this. Some, some, one day I just never went you back never went to back. It. That's how it happens. It's like subconscious. Uh, I'll be glad when this is out so that I can start hoping again against all reality that we'll get another Ninja Gaiden game out of Team Ninja. Yeah. Uh, so you wanted to come out so like they can get on with whatever they're doing right, next. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whoops, it's Devil's Third 2. No, God. That's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> uh, Ninja Gaiden, I mean, that would be great to announce for Generation 9. We we missed it this entire generation, at least a new... be a nice thing for Microsoft to fund. Yeah. But Microsoft, well, I don't know. Man, that I mean, last... That, that series is associated with the Xbox. It is. That last game, though, really kind of throws a wrench in everything. Yeah. It's like, do we really want to pay for that if it ends up being like that? Well, I wouldn't call it Ninja Gaiden 4. Yeah. I'd call it Ninja Gaiden subtitle something. But I will say this, too, though. Like, the quality of Neo and Neo 2 has kind of sanded down those edges for me a little mm. bit because I was burned. Like, I'm a big Team Ninja fan. I did a documentary about him, for God's sake. 
And that last Ninja Gaiden game, I was like, what is this? I mean, is that Team Ninja the same Team Ninja you did that documentary about? Most of them are. Um, just Didagaki's gone? He le- he took a couple people with him, um, but the the bulk of the team is still there. I mean, they stayed to stay with Yosuke Hayashi. They liked working for that guy and working with him. And, I, you know, they would never say it on camera because it's Japan, but... You know, hanging around those guys, I got some vibes here and there that not all of them were gigantic fans of uh, of Itagaki. I uh, can understand why, you know. He, he's, he's a, a taskmaster. Taskmaster, guy, kind of got a rock star personality. Takes like, all the credit. Yeah. Yeah, and Hayashi is the opposite of that. Like, he is, like, the most humble, like, so. Well, who took credit for the Ninja Gaiden 3? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, actually. Maybe that's the no. point. I mean, Nobody they, took credit for it I mean, because they, they didn't want it. to. The Wii U version yeah, fixed a lot better. of the, the, the basic problems with it, with it, but it's like the fact that it got through in the first place is concerning. But Yeah. I want another Ninja Gaiden, a good Ninja Gaiden. We'll see. Uh, and lastly from Tokyo Game Show, Kingdom Hearts 3 finally showed DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Square, Square Enix had put out a trailer, a really rough trailer for it, like a couple months ago that didn't show much. Uh, and then at Tokyo Game Show, they pretty much unveiled what's going to happen. It's interesting how, how this game just vanished. It did. But that's a big reason why. Like, they didn't follow it up with DLC quickly enough. This happened with Sort Final- of, but Kingdom Hearts 2 didn't have any DLC, and people talked about it for years afterwards. Yeah. But this game, like, just, you know, I... Here's how untalked about it is. I never finished 3, but I wow. still don't know the end of 3 because no one bothers to even spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's stunning to well, me. Well, it was how- so... I mean, the whole thing was so absurd. And yeah. so overwrought. Well, it's and... always been like that, though. But this time, just endings are hard, and I guess they just didn't nail it for a lot of people. People just sort of walked away from it. Square or en- or embraced their own fan fiction version. Right, of right. Square Enix is kind of, in Japan anyway, is proving that it, it it's dropped the ball on DLC a ton, man. Remember Final Fantasy fifteen? Yeah. It screwed up all that DLC, and now it's doing the same thing with Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, so... I think Final Fantasy fifteen got off track to begin with because they had to spend some time they didn't anticipate fixing the base game yeah um so I did, i'm sure that didn't help but yeah it is it is kind of an ongoing deficiency over there and even after all this time this dlc is not particularly compelling it no it's not like it adds like a huge new quest to the campaign or anything like that it's just kind of fluff to be honest so yeah, i mean it lets you play some characters that people like the fans like but, yeah uh, it certainly doesn't feel like a reason to go back to it. Nope. I have no intention of doing that. I already gave way more time than I should have to Kingdom Hearts 3. I did give it a chance, though. After all these years of not playing Kingdom Hearts and saying, that's not for me, I gave it a chance. I played Kingdom Hearts 3 all the way to the end, hmm. and it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but now I know in my heart of hearts that I that's think more the case. It was funny to see the fan base sort of wake up to the fact that... The Everyone Disney... else felt about the no, franchise? The, no, the, the thing that I saw that them wake up to the fact that you was a thing you couldn't say in circles of fans before was that the Disney worlds don't matter. Mm. None of it. If you summarize the story of Kingdom Hearts, you will probably never mention the Disney stuff outside of, like, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Because they're just, like, sidecar yeah. riders. They're, like, they're filler. Yeah. Like, the story summary, you even see that in, like, the little summaries of, like, the, the games that are in Kingdom Hearts 3 to catch you up if, you know. They None don't talk it. about any of the Disney yeah, world. It's, right. it's the beginning and the thing that happens in the middle of the game with the organi- organization people and the ending. That's and it. in my opinion, the worst parts of it. So... I actually in, kind of enjoyed the Disney stuff. Well, the Disney stuff is the hook. It's just it's not integrated in anything because it doesn't matter. And then the Square and probably Enix stuff Disney is Disney won't just let them abysmal. like mess with it that much. I guess. 
Um, but I'm done. I won't play another Kingdom Hearts. I wonder if there will be another Kingdom Hearts. Oh, it sold very well. It did, but the story's over. And it also took, what, 10 some years yeah. to make? Yeah. Well, then again, what are you going to have Nomura do? I mean, you haven't got to the end of it yet, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but they do leave the you door open You could always leave the door open, sequel. but like... Yeah. Mm. But you're right. The story arc's done. It wraps up everything that people had been all up in arms about all I mean, these years. It, it's like if you started playing the series when it came out, you're probably like 30 now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah. Not exactly in your wheelhouse anymore at this point. And they needed to build new fans with this one, and it'll be interesting to see if that actually happened or not. Yeah. Um, but no matter what, you know, we'll be ancient by the time it comes out. So it's probably not a problem I have to worry about. <laughs> uh, Goji Gogo, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. 17 months in a row. That's freaking awesome. Uh, so anyway, that's Tokyo Game Show 2019, at least all the big stuff from Tokyo Game Show. There was tons of other little smaller things, lots of, lots of JRPGs, um, as expected. That's kind of what Tokyo Game Show mm-hmm. is for. And there were a good handful of them that were announced that were new ones. Nothing that really set the world on fire, though, from the show. Not really. But and that, again, that's kind of what TGS is now. It was no Gamescom. Yeah, definitely no game, no E3 either. Um, it's just kind of a follow-up on all the Japanese stuff you've been watching for the last, like, four or five months. That's kind of what it's become at this point, mm. and a lot of mobile stuff. But still valuable uh, to the industry, I believe. Yeah. More, I mean, more valuable did, than E3. I mean, you point. did see a couple develop, like Kojima. I mean, he showed the biggest chunk of Death Stranding at Tokyo Game Show. So mm-hmm. there still are some developers and publishers that do hold big stuff for it, but it's growing smaller and smaller by the year. And if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, it's probably the best event of the year. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, they didn't show a lot of new gameplay of that. I think fans but you at maybe. least got info. It was uh, and in, in like 90 seconds, you got a ton of yeah. info. So yeah, it, it definitely delivered. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Apple Arcade. We've discussed Apple Arcade once before on Game Face when it was first announced, and we didn't have a lot of details about it. Um, But Apple had its big event last week Mm -hmm. where it announced the iPhone 11, and it was also really the launch of Apple Arcade. It's not supposed to launch until the 19th, which is just a couple days from now, but it's already live. If you've updated your device to iOS 13... You can subscribe and become a part of Apple Arcade right now. Um, it is $5 a month at launch. Right now it has 50 games, but it hasn't officially launched yet. And so in a couple days, it's supposed to have 100 exclusive games available for it. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you think Apple's getting it right, Matt, with the $5 a month, play as much as you want? You don't really own the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's which is a catching point, but I mean, it's better than how Stadia is doing it. Yeah, um, I'll be honest; it's not really a, a huge factor for me. I, I got more than I can play already, so like, more stuff is not super enticing. I am interested in Beyond a Steel Sky because I did like the original game. Um, I haven't subscribed; I don't have, I, I you know, OS thirteen. Um, but maybe I mean, I'm kind of like really kind of riding on. Um, word of mouth on this one if people say there's good stuff in here i will probably try it it's getting good reviews um people who have tried it said that it works great um it's apple apple mm. doesn't screw that stuff up no, usually usually not. i mean that's one thing you can count on with apple is whether you like what it's doing or not that's open to interpretation but it usually executes very well on what it's trying to mm. do and now they've got rumors that they might they're trying to buy sony pictures again yeah 
And there's still the rumors about Nintendo floating out there, and that I don't think you could force. I think I don't think I think Nintendo's worth too much for anyone to buy them at this point. But imagine if Nintendo. I mean, Apple has more money than God. I mean, yeah, literally. But, but Nintendo wouldn't do them any good in that regard, really. It would do Apple a lot of good because if Nintendo, all Nintendo's old retro stuff was on Apple Arcade, I just don't see how you force Nintendo to sell. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Like, I mean, you got to make them an offer even, they can't refuse. Even a hostile takeover would be real tough. Oh yeah, I mean, financially, yeah. even for Apple, it would be really, really difficult. It would, yeah. and they are. I mean, they are Apple. willing to throw. I mean, they, they word is they th- tried to throw five hundred million dollars at J.J. Abrams for an ex- exclusive five-year deal with him. For what? For him to create to shows, movies, movies. movies, and shows. Yeah. And he turned it down because... Uh, Half a billion dollars you, he turned down. You don't have to be good at writing endings to see how something's going to turn out. <laughs> um, good one. So instead, he took a $250 million exclusivity deal for five years at Warner Brothers. Yeah. So prepare for a J.J. Abrams Superman reboot. Oh. Um, so, so they've got a lot of money they're willing to throw around at Apple for uh, creators to make their Apple Apple games, Apple, Apple Plus, their Apple TV thing, a subscription service, streaming service, like... They are the, Apple's moving hard into content creation, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how long they stick with this. Frankly, I mean, also by the way, they've all got this, some real names in here. Yeah. By the way, all this footage may be blacked out, not just for the YouTube folks, but for everybody, because Apple is hardcore about copyright strikes. So I'm going to send these through the filter first before I send the whole show through the filter. Mm. Because uh, that'll take five minutes versus going through like an eight-hour process and then getting foiled at the end. Uh, but folks who are watching the show live, you're you're able to watch this B-roll. Everybody else may not be able to. Uh, so apologies for those of you who are watching this on Sifted or on Patreon and this footage is all blacked out. I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that doesn't happen, but chances are. It all does kind of have a slightly samey look to it. It doesn't? does. Do you think it's going to be successful, Matt? Five bucks a month for 100 games at a time to play as much as you want. I honestly don't know. I don't feel like I know enough about that market to be able to call it one way or the other. It's, I mean, it feels like a pretty good deal. Um, like, if there's something I wanted to play, like Beyond, Beyond a Steel Sky, I'd probably go for it. Um, I'm not really super clear on the details, like how you play it, if you can just play it on a TV or something, or if I have to use, like, my iPhone. Well, no, I mean, any... So, so like Apple whatever TV, your Apple, Apple device TV can do, is. it's going to yeah. do with the games as well. All right. Well, I mean, if I could get it on my my, you know, I got a new new power power book. What is this? Nineteen ninety seven. Got a new MacBook because my old one died. Um, like died. Like I've never had a, a Apple, device Apple device die. die. I mean, yeah, the, it's weird. The, the solid state drives can be accessed a certain number of times, and they stop. they're just done. Yeah. I couldn't get my data off it. Couldn't get anything. It's just wow. dead. Wow. So, I mean, I'll, I backups and stuff. It's yeah. fine. But uh, that was the first time in, God, maybe since the old Performa days when one of my Macs just died and I could I yeah. was like, oh, get better order a new computer because I don't have one. That is the rub with solid-state drives. They're amazing. But they, they have don't. a life. Yeah. yeah. And when they're done, there's no getting that data off. It's no. not like with an old mechanical drive where you can spend $1,000 or whatever and take it to somebody and they can actually get that no, data. nothing it's, you can do. Like, I, I couldn't fix the boot partition. I couldn't fix, like, the, the install of the operating system. But even when I got the new computer and plugged it in just as a hard, like, a storage hard drive, the mode you can put it in, it still couldn't read it. Wow. It, was, it was not there. It was gone. That sucks. Um, well, I mean, I, it was all backed up. It was fine. I, it was, like, it was like basically the thing was I Was there wanted... any hint that it was coming at all? No. no I actually I came home... Uh, I came home from a doctor's appointment, 
and sat down and it didn't just work didn't anymore. work huh one thing I will say is there's a it was however six years old yeah so there there's a lot of things that Apple does that I hear about it and I'm like that seems crazy and then it always manages to execute. Maybe I don't even end up liking it, but a lot of other people do. For instance, Apple Music. So I got my iPhone X. It's, I guess it's almost been like two years ago now. It's hard to believe. But I got it, and like it gave you like a free trial of Apple Music. And I was like, I have the music that I want. I don't need Apple Music. So I didn't even like take the free trial. Because I was like, what will happen is I'll forget to cancel it. And then they'll charge me, and then I'll see it, and then I'll cancel it, and it'll cost me money. So I just didn't even, like, bother. My wife, on the other hand, when she got her iPhone X, she did accept the Apple Music trial, and she loves it. Loves it. And, like, literally within, like, four days, she's like, oh, my God, this is, like, the most awesome thing ever. Like, anything I can think of, I just search it, and it's there. She's like, it's worth every penny of $10 a month to me. And to me, I was like, that's crazy. But she loves it. So... Apple Arcade to me right now, it doesn't seem to have a hook. Like I'm not interested in spending five bucks a month on it, even though that is really low. Um, I mean, I would pay five bucks for one month to play like Beyond a Steel Sky and whatever Sakaguchi makes. It could end up becoming like a Game Pass thing like a lot of people just did with yeah. Gears, where they're like, oh, I don't really want to subscribe to Game Pass, but for this month, I mean, sure. especially for this, like kind of something like this, you want to make, you want to entice someone to subscribe and you might want to make it more hassle than it's worth to cancel it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. That's what everybody yeah. does. Um, and that's why I don't sign up in the first place. So I'm like, I'll forget, right. and they'll just start charging me. And and suddenly you've spent the cost of a full price game. Yeah. For and a year. And honestly, I won't even notice it because I don't. I'm not one of those people that like always checks their bank account. Like, mm -hmm. I hardly ever check my bank account. And so they could get away with like several months of charging me before I'd even look and be like, oh crap! Like, I guess right. I forgot to cancel that. So I do run through my credit card statement and make sure there's nothing on there. I I don't recognize. Oh, you do? I don't even do that. I'm not like charges, but I just like like locate like places. Right. So I look through. It's like it's like, like okay, Amazon, 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 PlayStation Network, Toy Store, Toy Store, Amazon. I'm like, yeah, it's all me. It's, yeah, is there like I'm a good. like a, a yarn place or something on there? Like shoes? Yeah. Who who did that? <laughs> it wasn't who did, me. Who bought clothing? <laughs> that wasn't me. Uh, yeah. So I don't have high hopes for Apple Arcade for myself. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it does. Apple is really good at marketing that stuff to its ecosystem and getting people who are already using its devices and its other services to try stuff and then hopefully get them hooked on it and then they stay on. It'll be interesting to see. I agree with you. I think Apple has the right idea as far as how it works. Um, you pay the flat rate. You have access to everything. Mm -hmm. You can download the stuff to your device. It's not streaming. I mean, it, the... the the financial model for it, I think, is perfect. Yeah, the model is what Stadia should be doing. It is, absolutely. Um, you should be able to download stuff on Stadia, although I don't think you still own stuff in Apple Arcade. No, you don't. You only have it as long as you have the subscription, Yeah. but you're also not paying $60 per game. Yep. That's the difference. That like, is the like, this difference, is, This yeah. is the streaming model. This is exactly yeah. you, know, you pay a, f a monthly fee, and you are given access to the library. Yep. That, that's what that's it should the way be. it should be. Yep. So anyway, Apple Arcade comes out, and at least this one has actual games you can't play everywhere else. It's true. All of them are supposed to be exclusive. This is the game that caught my eye, Skate um, City. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it's a new uh, skating. Actually, it is even new. It's been like kicking around like all like uh, the studio that made it for a couple years now, and I guess Apple just reached out to him and was like, "Yo, here's some money, make it exclusive to Apple Arcade." And I guess they it said, just looks like okay. an indie game paradise. Pretty much. 
And I mean, they're working with big indie developers who have made some great indie games to get exclusives on the platform. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're ever going to see AAA stuff. Although I'll say this, man, a lot of these games look great. Like these trailers were published in like 4K. So these games are going to run at 4K. So probably 720p on a phone, I'm guessing. They'll scale it or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I just I just don't think they're ever going to have a killer app, I guess is the best way I could put it. Like something that's just going to, like, make people feel like they have to subscribe. And Maybe it's just, maybe you know, maybe they're betting on it being enough that you can just play real games on your device. That's true. Yeah, you know, like that I, certainly is. Whenever I look at the app store, and I'm just like, God, there's nothing. There's no real games on here. There's nothing to play that isn't some kind of you know free to play clicker, free to play addiction scam. Pretty much, you know? yeah. That's what most mobile games are. It's like get you hooked on this, so you start spending like five dollars yeah. a week on it, and or whatever. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, that doesn't work on me. Me so either. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I play them through the tutorial, and then they start like doing the thing where they start squeezing you for money because everything takes too long, and I just never open and I it quit. again. That's the end of no, it. No, I delete it. Yeah, <laughs> I just immediately delete it. I'm like, oh, okay, I see how this is. Bye. Pretty much. Yeah, I want to send that. The thing message. is, they're not fun. They're not fun. No, it's not fun to play them. Like playing them was a, like I, I kind of halfway enjoy playing Elder Scrolls Blades, which is why I still play it now and again. But I still haven't spent any money on it. Yeah, because I play it so infrequently that I don't need to spend money. on yep. it. Yep. But like these look like real games to me for the most part. Yeah, ish. I mean, as much as something like Night in the Woods is a real game. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all indie games, you know. Mm-hmm. And Sonic. And Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> some way. Although Sonic works pretty well on mobile. Yeah. So I can understand that. Gotta go fast. Yep. But anyway, Apple Arcade launches officially on the nineteenth. It's out there already. It doesn't have all the games on the service yet, but it's five dollars a month. Um, I think there's a free trial for a month. For the first month, you can play. It's just mm-hmm. like Apple Music. It's like the drug dealer model. You can get the first one free. You got to pay for the rest. Uh, so you better check this out if you want to before you uh, commit any cash to it, which is good. But uh, on the 19th, it should have all 100 exclusive games on there. And there is some cool stuff in there. Like, it'll be interesting. I think a lot of it's going to depend on word of mouth. You know, mm-hmm. if people get it and they're like, oh, wow, for five bucks, I get all this. And they go on social media. They're like, Apple Arcade's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's nice to see that here in Obasakaguchi still doing some. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because otherwise, what yeah. is he doing? Uh, so anyway, that's Apple Arcade coming to a, a handset near you on September 19th. A long time since Lost Odyssey, that's for sure. Yep, for sure. All right, next up, we're going to talk briefly about Gears 5. We talked about it a ton last week. Uh, I had continued to play it. I finished the game. I finished the campaign. Matt, you did not continue to play it. I haven't played it since before the last show. No. Why is that, do you think? It was a very busy week. And it came down to playing new stuff or playing that, and I figured you would prefer I played new stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, nothing against the game. Like, it wasn't like I didn't... You were talking earlier about games where kind of subconsciously you get that signal of, like, I'm not going back. You didn't Mm -hmm. get that with Gears 5, though? No, there was just no time. And uh, believe me, I would have rather been playing this for most of the most of what I was I was in playing instead this week. But we'll get to those. Yeah, we will. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm still right at the beginning of Act Three. Okay, um, well I did finish the game and it is still amazing. Like I, what I said last week still stands. Like I didn't sour on the game per se. I will say this: the third act, the part that you're about to play, is not good. Oh, that's encouraging. It is a slog through a facility. I hate that in every game. I hate when you go to this big factory like warehouse thing. And you spend like a whole like section of a game inside it, and that's what 
the third act of this game is. Mm. Um, I will say this. It does seem a little bit shorter than the other acts, which I was delighted to find out when I had dragged my, myself to the finish line of it. The whole game seems a little short in terms yeah. of like looking at the act structure because the others are all five acts. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it took me like 15 hours mm. probably ultimately to finish it. Um, I died some. I didn't die a lot, so that didn't add like a – a ton of time onto it or anything. But yeah, it probably took me actually probably closer to like 13, 13 hours, I think, mm. which is pretty typical for Gears. You're right, though. Most Gears games have five acts, and this one has four. Mm. Uh, I will say this. It's worth playing to the end because there's something that transpires at the end, the end game that uh, I'm surprised that it hasn't kind of made it onto social media and people haven't discussed it publicly yet. Uh, you're forced to make a decision. I guess I'll, that's all I'll say. Uh, that's pretty tough and pretty integral. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play that out ultimately with the franchise um, and how it'll affect games on down the road. But uh, they, that's something that Gears has never really done, mm-hmm. put you in this precarious situation where you have to make a choice. <laughs> like Usually the choice is chainsaw or bullets. <laughs> that's pretty much the extent of the... Uh, player agency in gears um i did after i finished it i went and played multiplayer uh my opinion of multiplayer has not changed from when i was in the beta a couple months ago i was not a huge fan of it then it's not that it's bad it's just that i don't really like gears multiplayer anymore and it's just kind of more of the same i know we had someone in chat like last week say that i was crazy that there are all these changes there are changes uh you have like supers each character has like supers now and they say that they've toned it down to make it more enjoyable for casual fans. I didn't really get that just playing it. Um, if you like Gears multiplayer, go for it. It's, I mean, I don't know if I would say it's the best. It's definitely not the most mm. groundbreaking. That's I mean, I've for seen sure. plenty of videos of people playing multiplayer with like little compilations of like the most ridiculous stuff that happened to them, and most of them are titled Gears is still Gears. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's. People circling around each other, firing shotguns until Rolling. someone happens to hit each other. Like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. Oh, I, oh no, I just seemed to somehow missed him. Like, oh, wait, he's behind me now. It's, it's the same thing. Like, people, even if the game is not designed the same, people play it the same, which is kind of the same difference. Well, it's like you get good at something, and you want to play that way when you play the next one. Mm-hmm. I personally think that they need to get rid of the shotgun rolling in gears i don't know what you do to eliminate it to be perfectly honest with you maybe just nerf the shotguns a little bit at close range so it's not an instant kill every time i don't yeah, know but it's like that's that is gears it like, is I, now like, i, I mean like you're it, right but yeah like, that's what it is so maybe this you know maybe you need a game that's just dedicated to shotgun overpoweredness yeah and i still think the roadie run in 2019 is just completely absurd and ridiculous like i get why they did it way back then when it was like one of the only cover games in existence but now it just seems ridiculous it's like oh now you're making me run but i only kind of have control over the character and all these other games that i play when i run i have total control over my character so i don't know it's long in the tooth they've been making the game the same way for a really long time now and i get it it has a huge fan base and they don't want to turn those people off but i feel like if they ever want to get past that they're going to have to make some hard choices going forward campaign amazing though despite the third act being a bit of a downer and a bit of a drag the campaign in general is great i think it's probably the best gears campaign ever 
other than the first one, although if I went back and played the first one now, I definitely I feel like I definitely wouldn't agree with that statement. You because, would not. Right. As but someone I'm, who recently played it. Right. What I'm saying, though, is the impact that that first one had on me mm-hmm. gets it up close to where this game is. Yeah. This. I mean, this is an objectively better Oh. But in every story, way, though. in every that way, story and game. I mean, there's just more. Oh, the gameplay. On. I mean, look, they have tweaked the gameplay. You don't even realize it until you go oh, back yeah. and play like the first one again. But the, there have been. I mean, I, I played the with the remastered one, the old, you know, the ultimate the yeah. Xbox One version. Yep. And even that was like, you don't appreciate the fluidity of how four and five move until you've gone back to one and just you're trying to play it on base. Basically, you're trying to play one on a grid. Like it's it's very hard to get your head around. Like they're constantly doing the wrong thing and like like. I just I just want to kill like I just want to stop and kill like and, and like this we just can't do it like like the controls aren't there yet, and by gears two they're pretty much in place. Yeah, but like gears one is rough today. Well, I'll tell you, even with this gears, I had to go into the options and turn down the look sensitivity. Hmm. I could never get it zeroed in. I played the first like hour and a half of the campaign with the default sensitivity, and I could just never get dialed in with shooting in this game. And I went and turned. All of the sensitivities down one notch hmm. from 10 to 9, and I started playing, and I was, like, in the zone. So One thing I did definitely notice was um, uh, the uh, the thing that they improve over the course of the series the most to me, at least in terms of single-player stuff, is the consistency with where the reticle is when you pop out of cover. Early on, like, especially, like, one... And on the first game, even on the remastered one, like there were times when I'm like, "How in the world are you aiming over?" Like I was just shooting this guy, and now I'm gonna reload, and I'm gonna pop back out, and now I'm aiming over here. I'm like, "What happened?" Like, and they slowly get better and better at it having it. It still be does more that. Though. It still does it, but it's not nearly as bad. Like you can mostly be confident as to where your your reticle is gonna end up when you pop out of cover in this game. And in the first couple games, it's night and day. I don't understand Not yet, but why it's... they don't have the dot on screen at all know. times. Why? I, mean, I don't know. Uncharted. 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 <laughs> I'm channeling <laughs> Sam over here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Uncharted. Uncharted. Just you. Wherever you that's got that. While we play wherever you got that dot pointed, that's where the gun's pointed when you pop out of cover. Yeah, why know. doesn't it have this? Know. It's a cover shooter. It needs it worse than any shooter because you're down in cover most of the time popping out. Like, it drives me crazy. I don't, I don't get it. Like... You have to train your your brain to know where the exact center of your TV screen is. That's how you learn to like line up shots while you're down in cover, so you can pop up and just shoot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. I, I'm sure there's some reason for it. Maybe they're like, oh, it distracts from the cinematic, blah blah blah. I don't know, but I want a dot in this franchise. <laughs> I want to know where I'm going to be aiming when I pop up out of cover. And I know some people will be like, that's not realistic. You're right. It's not realistic. It's a video game. This is a video game about cogs and crazy creatures that come up out of the ground. Like, realism is not what it's going for. So I don't quite understand why they've made that decision over and over again. But I agree with you. Even at the end of this game, I was popping out of cover and, like, my reticle would be, like, 10 feet away from, like, the enemy. And you're like, yank, and you yank it over. Like, I don't know. The franchise, to me is living on its characters and plot now, which I never thought would happen. Yeah, that is, that is not a thing Think I thought about would that. happen with Gears of War. It's insane. I mean, but it's so good that it will live on because of that. And I hope that with the next installment, the Coalition actually has some guts to make some major changes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. 
But what's here is like maybe like the ideal Gears of War game in its original form. Maybe mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. They've gone about as far as they can go yeah. with polishing everything you know, what, up. What it's always been. As long as they put a reticle in the damn game, <laughs> then it'll be the ultimate version. But uh, I still fully recommend. I would honestly. There might be an option for that, actually. I don't know there might. I didn't look, actually, now that I think about it. There mm-hmm. might be. Um, so I guess what I would say is my opinion hasn't changed on Gears. It hasn't since I played the beta. I'm not a big fan of the multiplayer. It's good. If you like Gears, you're going to love it. Uh, the campaign is pretty freaking great, even with the, the kind of slow third act. Uh, I would recommend for Gears fans to buy this at full price, but they don't have to. I mean... Yeah, you just Game Pass. It was actually pretty rewarding to see a lot of comments from last week's show saying, you know, you guys told me about this, and I did it, and oh my gosh, like I just played a new Gears game for $12. So, uh, I for $12, it's a no-brainer. And I would even say if you're a Gears fan, which means you probably already bought this already, but if you are a Gears fan, like, buy it. You can pay full price for it, and I think you'll be happy with it. So that's it for Gears 5. Uh, next up, Damon Cross Machina, a game that <laughs> I want nothing to do with. Hmm. In fact, I sent the review code that Nintendo sent Nintendo sent us to Vincent, and I'm not going to share with you yet what the the goings on and the back and forth I've had with Vincent about this game yet. I want to mm-hmm. hear your impressions of it. Switch exclusive. Yes. Um, Switch exclusive. Um, basically, armored core. In hell, I guess would be a way to describe. It. Like, is it hell? No, I mean they talk about it being hell in it, which I, I, I basically like the moon breaks apart and part of it lands on Earth and destroys a whole bunch of shit. And like, there's just this wasteland destroyed place that's all red. And like they, the the guy, and like there's these mercenaries who go in in mechs called arsenals that destroy these AIs that have gone rogue. And uh, they, a lot of them refer to it as going to hell. So I don't know if it's literal or what, but it's like you're mostly fighting mechan- You're fighting mechanical stuff mostly. You're fighting yeah. like mecha. Will AI there be, and be stuff. machines in hell? I mean, like, I think it's supposed to be like these AIs went rogue, and maybe that's what caused the moon to crash because there were AIs on the moon. I don't know. <laughs> the the story Makes is sense. the story is incredibly boring, and I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. Like before, early on, it's kind of non-existent. Like there's not really. Early on, there's, like, a lot of cutscenes before missions where these pi- other pilots, like, hang around, and they all have, um, they all have, like, a specific personality trait. Like, one guy's, like, a big rar rar I'm gonna beat things up guy, and one guy's, like, an aristocratic jerk, and he has his two sisters, and one of them just wants to blow stuff up, and the other one just wants to kill everyone, and she's, like, this weird mopey goth that keeps saying how everyone would be better off dead, and there's like a, this other other one is just relentlessly positive, and as the rookie who just wants to make money, and I, but like, it, it's <laughs> what just, good is money? It's, it's just in this, hell. Well, I guess there's you, you, the good is money is you can buy new parts for your robot. <laughs> like that's the whole point. So you can rule um, hell. And like, so they're kind of establishing these characters in these sort of mercenary groups, but like it all just kind of went in one ear and out the other, and like you're just sort of mindlessly doing, mindlessly doing missions, which all kind of are these weirdly short like go to the place and blow up everything that has a marker on it and uh, don't die. Like, that's about it. And, like, early on, there's, like, stuff where like, so a couple of the missions go wrong where you're supposed to blow up these easy things and then these uh, gigant-class immortals, they call immortals, the, the, the mechs you're fighting, and these things are gigantic. They're, like, 
attack on titan monsters sort of that come in and like you can't really damage them and then these like super badass mercenary guys show up and kill them for you and that's sort of the establishment of like okay there's these giant things that you can't kill yet but you have to get stronger and as a, there's actually a, a message from like the, one of the like the ai that's helping you for at one point she says the most important thing in your performance is your skill as a pilot but the weapons and gear you buy for your mech are just as important and I'm like, well, which is it? Yeah, okay. Because either the skill is the most important thing or the other thing is as important as that, in which case it's not meh. Yeah. Um, and then, like, after, <laughs> after like, the first, like, ten or so missions, like, the, all that kind of story stuff basically goes away. That's and, probably like, for the best. And, like, you just sort of grind through all these missions. So, like, and, like, so they're, they're organized in, like, ranks. So, like, you start at rank E and you work your way up to, I assume, rank S. I'm not done with it. Like, rank C has, like, this like shocking difficulty spike that like all of a sudden like I'm just getting destroyed and I don't know really why like I've, I've been upgrading and keeping up as far as I know and like you find new parts by like destroying like because like little like tanks and like floaty drone things don't give you anything except ammo but if you blow up an actual other like you know bipedal mech you, you can go to their their destroyed chassis and like pit you, you you go. This is in the demo, but you like hit the A you button, salvage. and it shows you like as like stuff you can get for them, and it highlights anything that you don't already have, and you pick it, and it gets sent back to your base. And that's like the most efficient way to pick up new parts if you don't want to spend money on them. And um, so, I, but I was upgrading at a pretty regular clip. I was, you know, I felt very competitive, and then suddenly I hit rank C, and like I had these guys killing me in like three hits, and I'm like, what did I, what did I do wrong? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, I haven't really played beyond that. I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, oh, be grinding okay. online. or. Well, this might be a good point to bring up Vincent's perspective on the game. So I had no interest in playing this whatsoever. I played the demo, and I hated it. And you're seeing gameplay of, of that I right like now. the demo, but I will say this. Like, they, they slightly improved, like, the performance on it. I think the screen tearing isn't as bad, but it still performs terribly. It still chugs like crazy. And it's weird to me that we're now on three first-party games that have um, weird performance issues. Hitching. Yeah, so so I... Switch is hitting its its, its power power zenith here. Yep, so I had no interest in this game at all. That Nintendo sent us, yeah, sent us a review code. And uh, Vincent actually hadn't even expressed any interest in this, but I, I sent him an email anyway. I'm like, hey, you want this? And he's like, do I have to do anything with it? <laughs> and I was like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. So... He dove in. He started playing. I think it was the next day or the day after that. He sends me another email. He's like, I'm stuck. I hit this difficulty spike that mm. I cannot get past, and I do not want to play this anymore. <laughs> and I was like, fine. I'm, I'm like, don't torture yourself. If only play it if you want to play it. And then the next day he followed up. He's like, I got through it, mm. and now I'm continuing on. So it sounds like you and him both hit the wall. at like it's the a, same thing? Same I, I don't know. Vincent – Maybe you can say in chat whether so you guys stuck. It sounds like the same spike. Yep, same right. spike. So you guys are not – it looks like this is just a problem. Hmm. This isn't a perspective thing or an ability or skill thing. So I was kind of breezing through it until then. Really. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, there was some harder things here and there. Like a couple of the boss stuffs were like, oh, wait, what do you want me to do? Okay. I had to retry a couple times. And, like, I'd, first time you run into, like, some actual AI um, mechs that are trying to kill you, 
usually in the free missions, like I was like, oh, these guys can actually do some damage. It was like the first time anything had really done like serious damage to me. Yeah. Because I was used to like these little enemies that just sort of plink me for like five or six damage at, at a shot. And these guys were like hitting me with swords. Like, and, like laser swords. Moving, and, <laughs> they're, and they were like moving so fast and auto-targeting me to the point that I couldn't dodge out of the way. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm just not equipped for this yet. Now I hated um, the controls in this game. Like... I just thought they were awkward and weird. They the, are a little weird. They took some took some getting used. Does to. that hurt? I mean, when you're talking about like that section where Not they're really. moving fast, it didn't hinder you. I mean, at by all. that point, you know, you, you you've gotten used. You've to got it. it down. The other thing I will say is you can modify the controls however you want. You can oh. modify the HUD any way you want. Like oh, the, okay. The amount of customization on like the in, in interface and the HUD are is astounding. Like like you can you can move and get rid of or bring in almost any HUD element and move it all over the screen or wherever you want anything. Like, it's very impressive. I haven't really done that because I think it's fine, more or well, less. That's, that's pleasant. But, but it's certainly good it's for, like, a... the cart before the horse, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, the customization is very strong, and it, you can customize your outfit and everything, all the colors and everything. You customize the mech with all the different parts and all the various, all the various colors and decals everywhere. And, I mean, it, you can pick paint schemes or you can paint it up yourself with like you know choosing individual hues from i mean you can really go nuts with it but like it sounds like all the frivolous stuff is done very well yeah the yeah, core like, of the game however yeah the core of the i mean the core of the game is fine like it's it's it is kind of armored core-ish is it uh, fine for a nintendo switch first party no. exclusive no it's yeah. not i mean it's fine for like a playstation 2 b-list game right you know yeah. like and as someone who liked those Armored Core games, I do enjoy most of most of the idea of playing it. Although, like, it does get tedious after a while. You know, you're just doing the same thing. It's, it's got that thing where, like, especially early on, the missions are just too short to get into. You yeah. Know, it's, it's like, you know, by the time you're sort of getting getting a groove, it's over. Right. And then, like, later on, like, yeah, you know, they get a little more involved, and that's better. But like, you've you've played like 15 hours at that point. Jeez. And like, have you spent that much time with this? Probably about total, I would say. That's yeah. hilarious. So maybe so, less. So Matt, I'm, I texted Matt today, like I always do on show day. I'm like, hey, have you been playing anything besides the obvious? And he tells me he's been playing this game. What? Well, yeah. And then I said, enough. You said a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, enough to discuss it. And you're like, yeah. And I thought maybe you'd played like. Four hours or no, something. No, because it feels like I'm still not in the thick of it. Oh, yet. really? It feels like I'm still beginning. So you think it's like a pretty big game then? Well, I mean, e, you got to go for E rank and then D rank, and now I'm, I hit the beginning of C rank is, is where my, my difficulty spike happened. I presume there's at least two difficulty right. gr grades after that, if not an S after that. And, like, you're, gr you're grinding through, like, 10, 12 missions on most of the – I mean, I feel like I've got, like, 50 missions left or wow. something. Wow. I don't, I don't know how long it actually is, but, like – so it's a no, it, on one hand there's like no shortage of content, but at the same time all the content's so similar that it feels like you're just still do it, you're still in the beginning. Well, it also sounds like you're not having that much fun. Not really. So if you're not having fun, it doesn't really matter how much content. I just find there it is. very samey, and I mean it, it does what it does and it does it fine, but like I feel like there should have been more to it. Um, I don't know. Like it, it it's it's a little. Just it, it doesn't. It feels weird that Nintendo put their name on it a little bit. It, that's how I felt when I played the demo. I was like, "This it's game better is than published by Nintendo." It's better than the demo, like at least technically speaking. But um, and like, there's a lot of you know, presentation is pretty it looks good in pretty places. Good, yeah, it looks decent. Like the art style is nice. I love the music. I think the music's really good. Um, but in terms of what I'm actually doing, physically playing, it's 
I've done it a thousand times before in better games. Yeah. I, I think that would be probably the best way. Except those better games were like on the PS2. Right. So it's not like you really have alternatives. <laughs> That's right? true. You know? That's a good point. Um, is it a full price game? It is. It is. Do you it regret is. buying it? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but then again, like these things, you know, Nintendo published stuff doesn't drop in price. So if I wanted to play it, I'd probably, you know, I, at best, I'd probably pay like 45 bucks for it in a like sale. Like three years from now? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> So I mean, it's not it's not bad, but it's. And like, I guess the truth is, you did play the demo, so you kind of knew what I you knew were getting, what I was getting you knew into. What you're getting into. Um, I was hoping there was going to be more beyond the content of the demo, and it's really just more of the, the same, same, except the things do more damage to you, and you have to do more damage to them, and that's about it. Um, but presentationally, it's good. Uh, I will again. I was I referred to it in that Final Fantasy VII section of like. It is bog standard anime dubbing and writing and just this, you know, like not even bothering to translate the idioms from the Japanese into anything that makes sense in English. It's just sort of like, you know, people talking using, you know, uh, it reminds me of um, like some friends who went to see a uh, they saw a K-pop concert last week. And one of the guys I don't think I could survive. A one, of the, one of the guys concert. in the band uh, before the, you know, before the show said Said, I'm gonna kill myself on this stage up here, which is apparently like a like he means like he's gonna do really well and try really hard and kill it. And kill yeah. it. He's gonna kill it. But it, I think it was like <laughs> it a Korean a Korean expression that means maybe something like that that doesn't mean it doesn't mean to a, a, a native speaking audience that you're going to commit <laughs> suicide on a stage. All the eight year old girls in the yeah. crowd were like, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> It reminded me. It's reminding me of stuff like that. It's just like it's like I understand what you were saying, Demonic Machina, but there had to be a better way to say it. Yeah, it's a lot of of stuff like that. I feel like I can sum up this discussion over Damon Cross Machina with just a few words, and that is, buy Astral Chain. If you must, yeah. I mean, (laughs) Astral Chain is a better game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it sounds like it's a. Or really, just wait for Link's Awakening. Yeah. If you need, I don't know though. Some of the reports about that game have not been. Uh, I saw the things. Okay, so the frame rate's 50 frames and drop. Whatever. Yeah. And it's the Switch. It's, what's, it's what it's going to be. Yeah, it's it is. why there are people like me who desperately want a more powerful one that doesn't do handheld. And we're only two years into it. Yeah. So what's going to happen when developers, I mean, what is going to happen to Switch in like two years? I don't know. Are they just going to keep porting whatever they can from Generation 8 to it until it's gone? Because none of that Generation 9 stuff's going to run on Switch. They're lucky no, they got Gen 8 st- any Gen 8 stuff to run on it. Well, they're just going to lean on mobile and ports of old, of old games. and <laughs> Ports of mobile games. Ports of mobile games. Yeah. And Indies. Their own stuff. I mean, yeah. and Bethesda, I guess. Yeah. That's the one third party. Although, I mean, I, I have a hard time believing Starfield's going to be able to be crammed on that no thing. No way. So. No. There's, a, there's a only a point. There's a point at which that's just not going to be feasible anymore. I mean, I would say this Fallout 76 might be able to work on it because that game is so ugly. Yeah, but Nintendo might just pay them to keep it off. Right, <laughs> just stay away. <laughs> you know, they pitched it to them because they're like, man, that opened up a whole new revenue stream for yeah. us. And think about it, like a Fallout on a Nintendo yeah. console. Has that ever happened? No. Yeah. There's never been a Fallout on a Nintendo platform. Nintendo might take it and fund it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, almost curious to see how Xenoblade Chronicles runs. Yeah. Because um, that was a Wii game, but they obviously have done a lot of work on it. Uh-huh. But, like, if it doesn't run well, that's going to be disappointing. Yeah. At least that game, 
not quite as important as like a platinum action game or a fast-paced like mech know. battle game. Given the sales of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles Remaster is pretty important. No, I mean, it's like the frame rate and things like that aren't as important for that genre as they were um, for Sort of, but I, I think people are hoping they're going to get a nice, smooth way to explore that world because that was, like, really the... I mean, that was... I mean, you play it on Dolphin on the emulator, and it's fine. Like, that, you know, yeah. full it also 60, looks like a different it looks, game. It looks, it looks, yeah, I mean, every Wii game does when you run <laughs> it, it through It does, that. yeah. But, like... Uh, you know, and then the 3DS version doesn't really do any favors yeah. in that regard. I mean, it'll run better than the 3DS version. I'm yeah, sure. well, considering it bottomed out to like five frames a second at times, yeah. that's not a it's not a high bar to hit. But you really are starting to see kind of the upper limits already of the of, of the what the Switch can do hardware wise, and it's a little distressing because it's like Demon X Machina doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look like a, a game that should push this push a system. You yeah, know what I mean. So it's it's a little disturbing sometimes to see that or to see, like, Fire Emblem have frame rate hitches in its turn-based combat, which is just bizarre. Yeah, how is that even possible? Um, Link's Awakening has frame rate dips. I, I know there's a lot going on under the hood of any game now, and there's a lot of stuff happening in kind of that art style and what they're it trying to do It takes up a lot it. of the power, yeah. But the Game Boy game ran at 59. Yep. So <laughs> <laughs> What gives? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, we'll be playing that game pretty soon, too. We talk yeah. about it on Game Face pretty soon. A yeah. uh, week. Is it next week it comes out? No, it's like three days. It's Friday. Friday. Wait, it comes out Friday? Yeah, the 20th. So I'm going to be playing that here in the next day or two. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yep, so we'll be talking about that on Game Face next Tuesday. Also, I should we didn't mention this off the top, but we did do the show later this time. Mm-hmm. It's This is not permanent. This is... Uh, we could not get a TriCaster TD to come in for our usual 1 o'clock show. So we got someone for 5. It's just for this week. From here on out, we'll be back at 1 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday. So you wouldn't rec- do you recommend anybody buy this? I mean, if you're like a hardline mech armored core fan who just desperately needs a drop of water in the desert, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> so I'll take that as a no. But otherwise, <laughs> like, just just play armored core again. Yeah, if you can find it. I mean, armored core fans tend to still have it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a good. Point. I said the the number of armored core games in my collection is absurd. Like they made so many of those. They did. And then they just stopped. Yeah, they were just barfing them out. Like it seemed like every year there was a new one. Oh yeah, it's like even on the on the like 360 and stuff. You yep. Armored Core Five and uh, Four Answer and all that I weird forgot stuff. About that one. <laughs> yeah. Chrome Hounds. Why don't somebody make Chrome Hounds again? Yeah. That was, that was fun. That was one of the more underrated games yeah. of that generation. That kind of a re- had a really uh, innovative online system. Yeah, it had, like, that crazy map yeah. that, like, it was, like, this war that was going on, mm-hmm. and you teamed up with other players, yeah, like, and you're, like, pushing for territory. and Yeah. Like, yeah. It's an interesting idea. It yeah. was. Yeah, it was pretty good. I ended up playing that game for a good, like, month and a half, I mm-hmm. think. And I'm not, like, the big mech game guy, but that, that one kind of got me, and a lot of it had to do with how they set up the yeah. online. So... There you go, Damon Cross Machina. That's a big pass from Game Face, big pass from Matt Kyle. Had a, you guys probably had a feeling that that was going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, Although you were I, more positive on the demo than I yeah, was. Yeah, I had some hopes after the demo. I, just, yeah. I was hoping the demo would be like, oh, it's just a really a couple really early missions that don't really represent the, the overall depth and quality of what you'll be doing and how, how the missions will work. And they are indeed, they were very early missions, but it doesn't really get any better. Yeah. So it just gets harder. And that's not necessarily more fun. Yep. There you go. We just saved you 60 bucks. 
60 bucks for that game. That's Especially crazy. this time of year. There's better, there's better oh, yeah. games to do. Yeah. This is where we start tightening up our opinions of games a little bit, too. Yeah, if, they, if, they had, if they had it ready in time, they should have put that out in, like, July. Yeah. And okay. we're a lot more forgiving in July mm. than we are in September, October. November, yeah, it wouldn't have December. been a bad summer drought game. Yeah. In the thick of the, it was delayed. the holiday release schedule is, nah. Yep. It killed it. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Call of Duty. I think this might be the third week in a row we've talked about Call of Duty. Yeah. Is that accurate? At least two. I don't remember. I know we talked about it last week. I I purge all the Call of Duty stuff from my memory as soon as you stop talking about it. So. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Uh, Activision is doing a really good job with this, this game in particular with staggering new information and events. Mm. So there was the gunfight beta that happened a couple weeks ago this past weekend was the open beta on playstation 4 it started out as a closed beta and activision sent me a code for the the closed part and then it cracked open to everybody on like friday and then all weekend long it was just the whole multiplayer suite available for everybody on playstation 4 and uh i probably played Equal parts of this and Borderlands 3 over the weekend. Hmm. Um, and we'll get to Borderlands 3 here in a couple topics. Uh, but this was the full multiplayer suite. The prior beta was just basically one mode. This was the whole shebang. Now, when you played it, it wasn't like you bought the game and there's the menus and you can choose to play just TDM or just capture the flag. You basically just got thrown into a mosh pit where they just kept cycling through the different modes. So... Like it or not, you were forced to play pretty much all the modes in the multiplayer suite. Although, look, I'm sure there are some that they didn't put in there, but most of the staples were there, and then a couple of the more unique, uh, or a couple more unique options were in there as well. Um, before I start talking about like the modes specifically, though, I just want to talk about how the game plays. So, Gunfight was. It took place in these very small, cramped maps because it was just two-on-two. Two. And if they were bigger than that, then people would be running around and they'd have nobody to shoot. So this this beta is in the full-on maps. It is it is Call of Duty, so the maps aren't like battlefield size or anything like that. But I will say this. They are a little bigger than the last couple entries in the Call of Duty franchise. And I think the reason they had to do that is because they're allowing more players per match in this. And so they have scaled the map accordingly. They're bigger so that people just aren't all jammed together. The other thing I would say generally about playing this is it may have the best spawn points of any Call of Duty in the last, like, 10 years. I very rarely spawned and had somebody on me immediately. I think it happened literally, like, once the whole time I played it. So... The spawns are looking good. The map size is looking good for the player count, which is great. From there, though, for me personally, it all goes downhill. I did not enjoy playing this at all. So what you're seeing right now is how matches begin. Instead of just staring at a loading screen or whatever, you're actually dropped into each map in a, like a little mini cinematic. Um, also, what you're seeing right now is one of the more specialty modes, which is a, like a night vision mode. This mode you play only in the dark I have no idea why they've created this. All it, it basically just creates a fog of war so you can't see as far. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it seems pointless to me. But the rest of it, I do not like. First of all, the traversal, it's a much slower game than Black Ops. It has the same... Traver you just saw that guy, that guy try to jump up the wall. Black Ops <laughs> exactly. The wall there, yeah. exactly. 
So it has all the same options, meaning it doesn't have very many. Like just like the last call or the last Black Ops, the only special kind of moving that you have is the slide. Um, they did boost like some of the clambering stuff, so you can like shoot while you're climbing over stuff. Um, but for the most part, it controls just like the last Black Ops. It doesn't have wall running. It doesn't have jetpacks. You can run and you can slide, and that's pretty much it. The problem is, is that it's slower, so it doesn't feel as responsive and tight as Black Ops did. And the slide is just feels completely off. Like you're running full bore, and then you slide, and the slide is almost like this kind of like slow motion thing. It just it doesn't feel good to me. The guns feel okay, but the audio for the guns, it's like muted and weird, and it just doesn't have like that punch. Like hit markers in the last black, you feel them in your heart. If you have a subwoofer, like every hit marker you get, you feel like the thud. Physically, you feel it. Like you don't, the way the audio design is in this, it just feels limp and weak. I don't know why it is. I don't know what they've done to the audio to make it that way. The guns just they don't feel good when you're shooting them. You're not getting as much tactical feedback as you're getting from prior Call of Duties. Like, those hit markers, like, sometimes if you have lag, like, the markers don't show up right away, but you'd always feel it in your hands. Like, oh, okay, I'm landing it. You'd know I'm on him, and I just need to keep on the trigger. And this game, it just doesn't have that feeling to it. And so, to me, the core of the game is not great and that's what you build on that's the foundation that you start with and then everything else is just kind of like cool additions you have to have the core of the gameplay feeling good i do not feel like this game is that way the other biggest issue i have with this game is it is just a camp fest and it's not because suddenly everybody who likes call of duty wants to camp although there are plenty of people who do it's not that all of a sudden everybody wants to do it. It's the way the maps are designed. So this game breaks a lot of the cardinal rules of multiplayer map design, which just confounds me. This is Infinity Ward. It created, essentially, the modern first-person shooter, at least multiplayer-wise. And all of these maps have... They don't have enough pathways, enough ways to avoid contact with the enemy. There are just funnels in the maps where the each end each side of the map is open and has all these buildings you can go into but as you get closer to the center of the map where the conflict is going to happen it starts narrowing everything down into like shoots or funnels so the smart way to play this game is to camp it's to get in a building sit in a window and peek out the window and wait for people to run down these alleyways. There's a couple maps that were a little better, but for the most part, all of them are like this. Like, there are, there's one map that takes place in, like, a city, in an urban area. That should just be ripe to have a billion pathways from one side of the map to the other. Instead, they have, like, these weird alleys with walls that are too high to climb on each side and have no exits out. So I cannot tell you how many times in this game you turn a corner and you see the pathway ahead and this instinct that just kicks in and just says, no, no way. I'm not running down that alley. And then you're like, oh, screw it. And then you run five steps and there's eight dudes sitting in a building that just mow you down. This whole game was like this. Almost every mode I played was affected by it. Almost every map, save for a couple, are afflicted with it. And... Again, that's like base stuff. Like, it's hard for me to care about 
the fact that they changed how kill streaks work when I don't I'm not enjoying the core of the game. And to get to that, kill streaks. They're kill streaks again. They they were score streaks for like the last like nine years because it makes freaking sense. So in this game, you only get rewarded when you get killed. So if you're doing like what I was just doing there, capturing a flag, or if you send up a UAV and people are getting kills and you're getting like 10 for each kill that's that's happening while you have your UAV up, those points don't mean anything. They mean nothing. They help you level up your character, but in the context of the actual match, they do nothing. So you're sitting there, you're like, oh, my UAV's up and people are getting tons of kills and... Oh, plus 10, plus 10, plus 10. And then you realize it's not worth anything. It doesn't freaking matter. It makes it makes playing any role but run and kill in this game seem pointless and frivolous. It, I tried to give it a fair chance before I saw it in action and I actually played it. And now that I've played it, it's just as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, the kill streaks in the game are pretty tame and pretty boring. Um, you also get special abilities in this game, and, and granted, I didn't get to play it enough to unlock, like, the later ones, but, like, the first one that you get is, like, a shield that you put up in front of you. And, like, literally, it, it's always popping up. You have the shield. You have the shield. I never used it because all it does is, like, clog up a pathway so you have to climb over the damn thing to get through the pathway. So I hardly ever even used it at all. Um, man, I, I saw the controversy over the white phosphorus. I mean, they've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. I mean, ever since they announced it. And later on in this B-roll, there's like, I go through all the I mean, kill it is streaks. a little weird that one of the kill streaks is a war crime. But Yeah, well, it is. So <laughs> a bit later in this B-roll, I cycle through all the kill streaks so you can see all of them. And I pause on the white phosphorus so you can read the description of the white phosphorus. It, and it... It tries to nerf it as much as possible. It doesn't well, say, the like, it works the is... most painful, awful way to ever die. Because the way it works is, like, it's just basically just a napalm strike. That's all it is, yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, and people tried to... I saw people trying to draw, like, comparisons to the nuke. Well, it's like, well, it's not like a nuke. It's like, yeah, but the nuke ends the match. It's like, over. The nuke is, like... Finishes it. Literally the end of everything. Yeah. So the, the the there's definitely some weight to that, whereas White Phosphorus is like, why don't you just use Napalm? Why don't you just call it a bomb? Well, I think strike? in Black Ops 2, they did have Napalm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was, like, it was older. You know, like, I mean, we don't really use Napalm anymore either. Well, no, no. Like, it's funny, though, how, though, how Napalm over time has the, – the impressions of Napalm has softened over time, but White mm -hmm. Phosphorus is this new immediate thing that everybody gets. Well, also because, like, there's current veterans who, you know, saw it happen. You know, it's not, you know, it's a, it's fresher in the minds of, frankly, people young enough to be the audience for this. Yeah, true. So I, I understand that. I mean, is it something that they need to, like, immediately remove from the game or lose their life? Of course not. But it's like it's, it's a valid criticism, valid question. Yeah. Like, it's a little weird that that's in there. And, like, you know, at that point, why, why isn't there, like, a chemical warfare yeah, why is it they're just like, like exactly? Why can't I throw mustard gas at a guy if I get five kills? Sarin you know, gas like, or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Yep. And I, the other thing I would say too is that uh, you would never guess playing this multiplayer that the campaign is so controversial because it's pretty toned down. Mm. There's not yeah, a lot. It of, looks pretty bog standard in terms. Yeah, there's of not a lot of blood or there's no gore, so you don't see like jibs or anything like that. If you get close and you light somebody up up close, you will see blood. But yeah, it's but not. It's, it seems all very esports friendly. It is very much so, which is weird considering what you know the reports that have been about the campaign for mm -hmm. this game. Um, some of the unique modes I already talked about: the night vision mode. Another one is called like uh, it's called like data blink or some crap like that. And basically, what it is is you have to pick up like this little device 
and you have to take it close to this receiver, and then it takes the information off of it. But it's just like every other first-person shooter that tries to do modes like this, they always become irrelevant. All that it is is team deathmatch with just six dudes. And, like, you never accomplish the directives. And what I found was, the more I played this, people didn't even try to accomplish the directives anymore. Maybe there was a couple times where we'd have six guys left and they'd have two. And instead of hunting down the last two people, we just picked up the objective and just finished it. Because we're like, why go hunt two guys when we can pick this thing up and like deliver it or whatever? But 95% of the time, every match in this game, even though it's like, now you need to go here and defend this, and then it flips, and they defend it, and you attack, none of that matters. It's basically who, because it's almost all those modes are, once you die, you're dead for good. So they just end up being like, which team can kill the other team more quickly? So a lot of the minutiae and like the modes that people are going to talk about with this game, most of it's just irrelevant, which is why I focused on the core gameplay concepts well, when I first started discussing this, because to me, that's what's most important with these games. It's also why I typically just play Team Deathmatch, because it's just, that's the core of the game. Like, I'll play some domination here and there, but typically I just play Team Deathmatch, because that's really what I play it for. Am, can I shoot better than you can? Am I quicker on the draw than you are? Uh, lag... What do you say? Drawl. Yeah, there you go. Uh, lag listen, was. When you listen to this again, listen to that. Listen, I will. You say draw there and see what. See if you I can probably hear what did I mean. add an L on that one. I'm see guessing. See if you can hear what I mean. Okay. Um. I guess all that said, I did play it a lot. Like I had a bunch of games sitting there that I could have cycled through. I had Borderlands Three sitting there, and I did play this a good bit. I am typically, you know, I do enjoy Call of Duty you seem to be for the doing most part. Well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as good as I was in Black Ops though. Like, for whatever reason, Black Ops, man, I just... Yeah, I mean, I've seen some multiplayer footage with you where you were, you're just getting housed over oh, yeah. and over again. But you're getting pretty regular kills in that B-roll. Yeah, but not, not as good as Black Ops. Black Ops, my KD when I stopped playing was like almost 1.5, which is just crazy. Hmm. Like, usually I'm around like 1, 1. 1.1, maybe some games 1.2. But in this one, I'm around there. I'm like 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2. But, you know, I played this for several days, and I cannot I cannot share with you, like, one moment where I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. Hmm. And usually after I spend a few days with a shooter, I'll have, like, five or six of those things where I'm like, oh, I can't believe this happened. Like, it's so crazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, they exaggerated the physics in this game a little bit. So one of the cool things that I... I definitely just see some guns going flying. Yep. Like, somebody dies, like, like Yeah, like, one time I was running up to a building, and one of my teammates was up in the window on the second floor of the building, and I'm running into the bottom floor, and the other team shot a rocket into that window, and he flew out of the window, like, over my head. And that doesn't happen in Call of Duty usually. Like, mm -hmm. usually if you get shot, no matter what you're shot with, you just fall down and you're dead. So it looks like they did exaggerate the physics a little bit to give it maybe some life, but maybe that's the point. There's no life in this game. There's nothing about it that really sets it apart, and most of the stuff that it does, like other shooters, it doesn't do as well. So, you know, I don't know what's left to really evaluate. This was pretty much the whole multiplayer suite. Uh, the other thing I would add, too, is that this game has crossplay with everyone. So when you're in, and when you're, and here are the killstreaks, by the way, I was talking about earlier. So when, you, uh, when you're in the lobby, like getting ready to play, it'll have your name. It does not use your gamer tag, Matt. So I was not Dinfire playing this game. Hmm. 
when you start playing, it links your account on whatever platform you're playing on. Yeah, there's white phosphorus, but it, the description's covered up, unfortunately. That will weaken the enemy? Yeah. Hmm. No, it will burn it them. It will melt the enemy. <laughs> it will melt the enemy. Uh, so anyway, when you're in the lobby getting ready for this match, for, for a match, it'll show you their name, but it's their Call of Duty name, which I totally forgot I even had. Huh. Like, we started playing, and I'm pretty sure that's the same as my game. <laughs> I try. Well, see, I noticed because apparently somebody already had taken Dinfire on call, their Call of Duty servers. So I am the real Dinfire in this. But you can see before you start playing what platform everybody's on. There's a little icon next to their username that'll tell you what platform they're on now. I'll say this. Every game I played was all PS4 players. I did not play mm. any cross-platform games. I don't think it was enabled for this weekend because starting on Thursday, they have what they're officially calling the cross-play beta. It's also opening up to Xbox One on Thursday. So this past weekend was PS4 only, open to everybody. On Thursday, open to everyone on PS4 and Xbox One with cross-play cross support. So I didn't hate it. It's just... To me, like at this point with Call of Duty, you have to have a hook. You have to have something to set yourself apart to make your game feel different. I felt like it plays it really safe, and the, the places where it did make changes, they weren't for the better. So I guess this game's going to have to hang its hat on its campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the campaign is going to be that crazy and that good that it can you know, drag it across the finish line. But as far as multiplayer is concerned, like, I'm just going to keep playing Black Ops. I, the control's worse. The maps are worse. Uh, I don't like the weapons as much. Like, a lot, some of the other stuff, too, is like, oh, radar. See up there on the top left, Matt? It never goes away. Hmm. And that's because after one day, yeah. after one day, the fans were like, you know what? Screw you. Put bring the map back, and they were like, okay. So this bit, they they had this hill that they were gonna die on, mm. and it lasted about twelve hours of the game being in beta, and they relented and put it in. Isn't that censorship? No, no, it was the right decision. It should have had it was the right decision. But what I'm saying is, like any other time, the developer yeah, makes yeah. a change on something, it's the end of freedom. No, I hear you. But I know what you're saying. But apparently, this time is like, well, good because it's what you wanted. It's what I wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they brought, yeah, they brought the mini map back. But the other thing that that I found is a lot of. It, I don't know why you would want to try to force no map on people. Like it seems like such a weird. It thing makes for no this sense. Game. Why? What are you trying to accomplish with that? Like I don't get it. Uh, you're trying to make people, like, less skilled. Because using the map in this franchise is a skill. Being able mm -hmm. to quickly glance at that map, assess it in, like, a tenth of a second, and then react to it, that's a skill. That's part of being good at Call of Duty. Having those quick eyes, being able to glance up really quickly and see what's going on around you. Um, one thing I do like about this, this multiplayer, is while you're playing, you can see your teammates at all times. So they're like a wireframe behind buildings or whatever. In Black Ops, that was a perk. You had to hmm. use up one of your pick 10 slots to have a perk that would show people through the walls, and I absolutely used it because it is invaluable in a shooter to know where your teammates are and what's going on. Because you, even if the radar isn't working, if you can see a silhouette of your teammates and you can see they're in a firefight, you know you can run over there and get in the firefight. So, um, and yeah, that people, was People in the chat are arguing over where your name comes from. But Dinfire? Yeah. I've talked about this a, a billion times. It's not a Zelda reference. Predates Zelda, right? It does, yeah. Or at least the Din's Fire and Zelda. No, it 
it doesn't predate Din's Fire and Ocarina of Time. So I'll, I'll say it again. I've told this story a bunch of times just for the people in chat because they're so awesome and they're watching the show live. Din was, was is my DJ name. And when I was a graffiti writer... Is my, it noise? Yeah. yeah. And then as a graffiti writer, my name was Fire. I wrote F-I-R-E. So I just combined the two into one word. And then... And that was actually before Ocarina of Time, of Time came out where Din's Fire was in there. Uh, so it's not a Zelda reference, even though it seems like it's way too simple and it should be. So there you go. Um, so anyway, I'm pretty disappointed in this. I'm going to play the campaign because I've heard so much about it. And people are saying, oh, it's going to test your ability to mm-hmm. I don't even know what. Uh, so I'm going to give it a go. But uh, multiplayer-wise, I'm not a fan of this. Uh, I hope other people disagree with me and like it. I just don't. Uh, there's just there's too many features missing. The features that they do have, I don't like how they work. And most importantly to me, I feel like the map design is absolutely terrible. Also, the maps are so nondescript. There's like nothing about them like that sets them off. Black Ops. There's always there's always some piece of the map that is iconic or a place on the map that's iconic. That is not the case with this game. It's just like one nondescript building after another, one cave after another, one shanty after another. Um, I don't know. It's Infinity Ward, and I'll be honest with you, I have not really liked an Infinity Ward game since, like, Modern Warfare 2, probably. You liked no, Infi- I liked 3. Infinite Warfare. All right. I like. Yeah, I did. I did, actually. Yeah, so I guess I have liked a bunch of their games. I didn't like Ghost. I didn't like, th- I didn't like 3. I didn't like Ghost. I liked Infinite Warfare, and then I think that's all of them. Yeah, I guess that's all of them. Yeah, so I guess I do like Infinity Ward, but I don't like this one. So, anyway, um, will I play the next beta that kicks off Thursday? No. I have much more important things to do, and I spent plenty of time with it this past weekend knowing that we're at the point of the year where I cannot hover too long on one thing. So, uh, I gave it the full go this weekend, uh, and of course, I will play it a little bit when the final review code comes out because I'll need to to evaluate it, but... I'm not particularly excited about it. So there you go. That's the last you'll hear about Call of Duty Modern Warfare hmm. until it comes out. Because they've covered everything. They're being masterful mm-hmm. with how they're staggering stuff so that it stays in the news cycle. It's been on this show, I know, three out of the last four episodes because they keep putting out these little things. Well, not even little, but they're just very good about staggering information and betas so that it's always a part of the discussion. So well, Maybe I'll play this one since they're emphasizing the campaign so much. Yep, I mean... Just to see what the deal at is. At this point, for me, that's like its big redeeming factor, hopefully, is that the campaign is really good. And I'll say this, Infinity Ward's campaigns, other than Ghost, are pretty damn good. I didn't like Threes very much. Yep, well, Three to me was... Three yeah. was sort of a Ghost skeleton crew, though, because that was right after the, the brain yep. drain. That's when they all gone. left. Yep, that they were in transition at that point. And it was still good... But not that memorable. Yeah, it wasn't Infinity Ward. Yeah, it wasn't. No. But inf- inf- Infinite what Warfare. What even is that anymore? You know? Infinite Warfare was up there. I mean, it, wasn't, it was great. It I wasn't Titanfall it. 2, yeah. but it was a really cool take on a different thing that they hadn't done before, and I liked it. And, and they'll now never do it again. It again. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our penultimate topic for today's episode. We're, we're going to talk about August MPDs, kind of. But we're really just going to talk about the health of the industry right now. So, Matt, I don't know if you saw the news or not, but August of 2019 was a 20-year low for video game sales in America. Yeah, that's that's about covers my purchasing habits that month, too. Yeah. Not a lot came out. 
Yeah, I mean, some stuff did. So Control came out. Yeah, well, Control wasn't exactly setting the charts on fire, was it? Oh. Oh. (laughs) Dude, it came in 23rd. 23rd. Now, it came out at the end of the month, but dude. Still, you're front-loaded enough that coming in that far back is... 23rd. And we had talked about how Remedy's games don't sell. And we were trying to figure out why... Man, I've been talking to people that I know me in my my gaming chat, like in discords and stuff, about like like control. I'm like, hey, control, and I'm like, I'm the only one who's played it. Yeah. Like, no, even people that I know, like X Files, SCP stuff, weird paranormal stuff, like psychic throwing telekinetic thing, like people that are exactly the people who would love this game. They don't know about it. They vaguely heard of it. They didn't think it looked very interesting. And I'm like, it's good. Go yeah, check. You, I know you'll like this because you like this thing and this thing and this thing. Go try it. And they come back after like two hours and they're like, oh, I tried it. It's great. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, and look, man, I had the same reaction to all the stuff I saw of it until I, I mean, I literally bought it out of obligation for to play work, it for this. Yeah. And yeah, I really, I loved it. But like, if it wasn't for that, I never would have even touched it. It's, I don't know. I don't even know why. I don't know how why, I how to tell you I why hear. looking at it in the pre-release stuff and the and the trailers and I, why that just made me go meh. I like can't my whole reaction it to it was just meh. Yeah. And then I played it and it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. I uh, it's really sad to see that. I mean, my guess is it maybe cracks the top ten for September. Maybe if they're lu- if they're really lucky. You know what did almost crack the top ten was Spider Man. I saw that. Spider-Man came in 11th in August, the year after it came out. I mean, out. that shows you, though, where the industry's at right now. Where the industry is, and also, like, the Spider-Man hype was huge in August. Oh, yeah, of course. Because of the movie and because yeah. of the, the, the Sony deal falling through yeah. and Into the Spider-Verse hit uh, Netflix, I think, that yep. month or the month before. It did. So, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, there, you want to talk? You want to know why they bought Insomniac. Yeah, that's why. Because that, that thing is a juggernaut. It has legs, for sure. I mean, it's Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> and if you make a good Spider-Man game, you're gonna get rewarded as mm-hmm. you should. Unless you're Shaba Games, yeah, and then you're just gonna get shut down by Activision. <laughs> so Control finished in twenty in the twenty third spot for August, which is wow. Remedy has just got to be like crying, man. Madden finished first, which it always does in August, yeah. but overall, I think tenth was Astral Chain. Yeah, it mm-hmm. did. It cracked the top ten. So, so I was right. Astral Chain did sell better than Control. It did. I had some people tell me I was crazy because Control's multi-platform, so obviously it's going to sell more because it's got an advantage. I'm like, no, it's Remedy. It's it not... did it. And Astral Chain is on the Switch, and it's exclusive, so... Mm, quit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that game crack the top ten, though. Yeah, I mean... It's encouraging. Pl- Platinum getting some, some sales love is always good. I don't even know if that it matters. Like, I think Nintendo I mean, just paid really, it to but make the game. But and... it's nice to, you know, see more people play Platinum stuff. Even though I think Platinum is, is kind of overrated overall. But, like, there's still good games and people should should experience them and, and learn what a real combat system feels like once yeah. in a while. So Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a positive thing, I think. So, look, control selling poorly sucks. And I feel terrible mm. for Remedy. And I feel like it deserves better. But the big story here is that... August was the lowest sales for 20 years. That's insane, Matt. End of the summer. Is that all it is? I mean, August I mean, is always the end of the summer. It's the lowest August in 20 years. Yeah, but August is also always the lowest in general. It's just the worst ever. So, What do, what do you think it says, Matt? I think it, it says it was a bad month. That's you think all. that's all it means? Everything else this year has been like up 
over, over month over month or year over year and everything. It's it's just it's a slump. It was it's the end of summer. People were on vacation. People were doing other things. There wasn't really that much compelling coming out. And the one thing that was compelling was this, and no one cared. Um, you know what else was there in August really other than Madden? Yeah, it was. Uh, I know doing uh, dossier with Vincent. It was August was a slow month for sure. Like yeah. there were four like four. Kind Four of notable games. things. You yeah. Had, you, know, you, had, you had what? Madden, you had Control, filler. you had Astral Chain, and. Yeah. And I'm blanking. I'm no, I mean, that's. Are... You're right, though. I mean, that's that's pretty much all so there was. people got catching up on cheaper games. Like, Could be. You know, Spider Man, Spider-Man, the Game of the Year version. Obviously, people catching up on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, August. It's summer's slow. August, I mean, there's a reason the summer drought happens, just because people aren't spending game money on that kind of thing and just, just yet. But it's I don't, 20 I, years. I mean, you got to think about all the generations that have gone through that 20 years. And for this one to I mean, have what are the they, worst. Are they counting that like total revenue or yeah, like copy Total sold dollars or? spent on gaming, the gaming industry for that month. Yeah, that's pretty low. But, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it until September does the same thing, really. Do you think it might be an indictment on these elongated console life cycles? No. Because I don't think the consoles are. I don't think. I think the new consoles are coming too soon. It might be an indictment on uh, Sony not releasing anything. No, I think it might be more of a more of a uh, result of like you know trying to get people hooked on games as a service that you play for a long time, and they you know at a certain point, if there's nothing especially compelling you know hitting shelves in August, why don't we just why don't you just keep playing the game you know you like. You know, like, I mean, that's the whole point of games like Destiny or whatever is to keep you playing that. But I can totally see if you're looking at a kind of a lackluster release schedule for August and you're, you know, your your funds are limited. You don't want to spend 60 bucks on something that you don't you don't know is going to be really good or really engaging. You're like, well, at least I know I like Destiny or I know I like, you know, game as a service of your choice that you would go back to and play. I mean, I don't want to say Anthem because I don't think anybody went back and played Anthem. But like, um you know that kind of thing. It's like you're trying to engage people for longer. One of the results is going to be like, well, I'd rather play this thing I enjoy rather than take a risk on this sixty dollar thing I don't know about. Do you think that we're finally starting to see some actual fallout from the games as a service trend? It's possible. It's, I mean, I, I think it's definitely in conjunction with the weak release schedule of August, but I think that could be part of it. It was a recipe it could, for disaster. It could, it could definitely explain why it was a, an historic low. I mean, because you have to have an X factor in there somewhere, so that could be it. And I mean, it's also it's it's that doesn't necessarily mean it's a terrible thing because if you're playing a game longer, you're still pumping money into that game probably in some form. So someone's making money. Out. You're you're still a good capitalist one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, look, MPD does not track doesn't digital. track any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Like, I mean, it could just be a combination of everything. Yeah. People going digital and not buying packaged games as much as they used to. It, it doesn't count digital, so you're already off in crazy town there. I mean, the release schedules are pretty sparse now. Let's be honest. There's tons of indies coming out, like there always will be, and there's lots mm-hmm. of kind of trash coming from Japan. But as far as the big releases are concerned, they're starting to thin out, because especially the first-party stuff, because they're all starting to focus on Generation 9 at this mm-hmm. point. I think it's just a culmination of all of that. And consequently, uh, it was announced this week, GameStop is closing like hundreds of stores around the the globe in the next like couple months. I mean, that's nothing new. Yeah. Um, I mean, And then like you saw the thing where they, they somebody leaked like the walkthrough of one of their redone stores. And, like, there's, and like, it was kind of exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, it has like, like a little loungy couch lounge area thing, with a TV. With a TV. And then like you go in back and there's like a, t- there's like, 
tube TV, like CRT TVs for yeah. like retro gaming, yeah. and like just like a table with nothing on it for like board games or card, like Magic the Gathering. Or it something. sounds like they listened to Game to, Face. <laughs> I know they did. Turn it into like some kind of like. I mean, they said they're turning like you know, they, they have the esports thing. But it's going to be more of a like a you know the template is the board game store you know the local board game shop where people hang out for for you know hours and hours on you know tournament for tournaments or, and yeah or weekends or whatever it's just a place it's a social place to be that's what they're aiming for but the thing is like it's GameStop yeah <laughs> it can only be so cool like there's a, like one of the reasons I think the local game store works in that regard is because almost all of them. Are locally owned, you know, individual personal touch stores. Where even you know the, the owner, even the and, really big ones, yeah. even the really huge ones, like especially like the Peninsula has some big ones. There's some big ones in L.A. But you go in there, and the the guy who owns it is there, right? The guy who, and he's there every day. Yeah, the woman who owns it is there. She she's the one who brings tea into the, into the right. room and gives people free tea. Every yeah, day. You know, it's like yeah, you know, and, and there there's always a gimmick. There's always a trick. Like one of the ones I like up in Burbank. Not only does it have tea and like a little like kind of like coffee bar, but it's also an animal rescue. So like there's a room that's just full of kittens. Uh, like that's not going to be at GameStop. <laughs> no, definitely not. Not going to be any kittens. <laughs> definitely at not. Uh, the one thing that kind of struck me, you, you mentioned that like walkthrough. I almost had B-roll of that, but I couldn't find a way to get the video. What struck me the most was how uncluttered the store was. Yeah, it was very streamlined, very clean. Um, it, f- it didn't look like a GameStop. It I'll didn't. give it that. Yeah. It, definitely, it definitely looked like a, like a shop. It looked like that they, store Anvil that opened up here in L.A. for a while yeah. and then got busted for like yeah. selling chipped consoles and shut down. And other things. Yes. <laughs> and among other things. Yeah. <laughs> Were they selling drugs out of there? Is they, that what it was? That was what I heard, yeah. yeah. Remember, we used to be like, God, how can they afford to keep that space yeah. when they all they bar- must barely sell like five things a day or something? Yeah. We're like, oh, they're slanging dope out of the back <laughs> of the... Okay, that makes sense. I like that store a lot. That it was, was nice. But that's kind of what that GameStop looks like. <laughs> yeah. It has like hardwood floors and like everything's up on a shelf on the wall. There's only like yeah. a couple little like roller things on the floor. Yeah, and they're, there's they're a... tr- very much trying to invite you to come in and browse and, hang. and hang out. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good layout. It's just I don't know if it's going to be enough to save you. I think it's the best thing they could have done. We'll yeah. see if it actually works. Right. I mean, it's like, and I'll say this: like, their if you, options are limited. I mean, the one thing I will say is, like, people seem to be very drastically overestimating how fast this is going to happen if right. GameStop does yeah, go yeah. away. Like, we're talking that was like we're talking three to five years oh, from now yeah, minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like Pax says, they're probably going to live through this generation. Oh yeah. Like, right. I see people say, "Oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like." Uh, I hope I hope they're still around so I can use my reward points from the new consoles. I'm like they are they're de- gonna definitely be there. going to be around. <laughs> I mean, maybe the one closest to you won't be, but you will be within driving distance of a GameStop for that. I guarantee you. The other thing I would say too is that, you know, for us living in a big city, GameStop is a lot different. So to us, it's just kind of this thing you walk into, you buy what you want or what you need, and then you walk out. For me, it's the thing I walk past or on the, the way to buy right, what I'm going to. Buy. Or in, or in that case. But if you go to, like, the little town my mom lives in where I was at, you know, like a, a month or so ago for Labor Day, it's different there. Like, the, the gamers in that town, they do hang out there. Mm. Like, you go in and there's a crew of, like, 12 or 13 dudes, like, hanging out around the counter or just messing with, like, the demo kiosk. or And they're not buying stuff. They're just in there chilling. Like, that doesn't happen in, like, major cities at GameStop. Yeah, well, here's the other thing is... um. Yeah, I used to run a game store back. It wasn't in San Francisco, but it was in the area. And uh, board game people that hang out at board game places all day, 
in my experience, are people who are there to help people learn new games. They tend to pick up expansion stuff while they're there to kind of like build their decks or do whatever. The people who hang out at video game stores all day never spend a goddamn dime. They don't. They're just they just want like, a place to hang out. They're just there to hang out and play games for free as much as they can. Yeah. So I think you're talking about a very different demographic there because the True. other thing I've noticed in the last several years is board games have expanded and become a bigger and bigger thing. Tabletop stuff is a big deal now in geek spaces. Analog. They are it's it's very hard to find people who are like you know because a lot of my social circle are video game people. A lot of those people don't want to play board games. They're very yeah. it's a very it's a different audience. So I don't, I don't know how games. well that is going to translate to because um, it takes a different maybe a different kind of person who wants to sit down for an hour and figure out how to play Arkham Horror with you. You know, it's a different. I, I would argue that GameStop should be selling that stuff before it's selling like all the tchotchkes and swag that it's selling. Somewhat. I mean, the Funko stuff apparently sells. Like I don't know how. But no, neither. It's, it, and who it doesn't? Who needs another Funko? And they're pop constantly at this point? overflowing with those things. Like falling it, down. It, it looks yeah. like they're never sold yeah. at all. But uh, I guess they're successful hmm. in that regard. That's I mean, surprising. And even me. that walkthrough, you can see it's like 80% non-game stuff. It's all that's all desk toys, basically. Yeah. Um, not not for me. I mean, even though, even though I have ended up with a handful of Funko Pops over the years, because they, they 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 collect. They're like they're like gremlins. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, if this is how August was in 2019, what's it gonna be like in 2020? Maybe worse, maybe better. I feel like the industry is going to be dragging itself to the starting grid of Generation 9. Well, I mean, you do usually see kind of a, a, a pullback from release schedule in the run and up to new consoles. we've seen it with PlayStation, obviously. So, uh, PlayStation, but also, I'm talking also, like, third parties that, like, are yeah. wanna, at the very least want to time their releases on the current consoles with the same release on a new console. Yeah. Um, the one thing that may throw a monkey wrench into that is if they're all if they're both backwards compatible with like enhancements, maybe you don't have as much of a reason yeah, to, not much to of hold reason that to back. Like you, yeah. you know, people can still play your game. They don't have to. You know, it's not like you would. It's not like releasing the 360 version of something like three months before the Xbox One comes out, where you can't play the 360 version on the Xbox One. Like yeah. if you're just like, oh, I'll buy it now and then I'll keep playing it on my new system and look even better. Like you know, there's no real downside. There isn't to, yeah. to buying it. Like before the new system comes out, because it'll still work. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> perfect example. Just turned six years old today, by the way. Oh yeah. You know what else? What, Think uh, about that. Today is the 35th anniversary of the original airing of Transformers. No way. September 17th, 1984. <laughs> Some things make me feel older than others. That one <laughs> definitely makes me feel old. 35 years. <laughs> uh, Jerry Vick says Walmart is amazing late at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much that has to do with games or the people that are in Walmart late at night. Man, if you go to rural areas and go to Walmart at late at night, oh, yeah. you're taking your life in your own hands, or at least your sanity. Around here, we have 7-Elevens for that. Yeah. <laughs> it says 7-Eleven down the end of the street I live on, and going there like after 10 p.m. is amazing yeah. every time. It's so... You never, it's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You never know never what know you're going to get. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, uh, well, the, other, the other thing that I love was I got this little app that tells me like crime reports in the area, uh-huh. and I got a report from uh, Ralph's that was that a man in a wheelchair threw a stick through the front door of Ralph's, <laughs> and someone called nine eleven nine one one for that. I'm like, all right, like I, he threw like a stick through the glass, sti- or no, he just he threw he it threw into a, the. He was angry and he just threw a <laughs> stick through the open door, and someone called the cops for that. Some people, man, some people haven't been through much, I guess. Well, it's a wild night in in Hollywood, (laughs) everyone. Stick throwing. Stick throwing. (laughs) Stick throwing at the grocery store. Yeah. 
All right, it's t- it's time to move on for our to the uh, last topic of episode 182 of Game Face. And uh, as you guys have seen on our lower third, we are polishing everything off with our impressions of Borderlands 3. Matt, I have a feeling that this might be the best-selling third-party game this year. I think Breakpoint has a shot. Yeah. Because the the precedent's there from Wildlands. But huh. it'll do well, yeah. no doubt. Do you think it deserves to do well? Eh. <laughs> Here's the thing, like... So I've played a fair amount of this. I've played a lot. Of um, it. I did get uh, I did get mild food poisoning this weekend. So uh, and I developed a, f- a fever from that. Like shortly after I ate the thing that made me sick. Do not order sausage McMuffins at 10 p.m. <laughs> that sausage patty has been sitting there a while. Yep. Um, but I started to feel the fever while I was playing this, and I'm like, Did Borderlands give me a fever? <laughs> I was like, Is the only prescription more DACA? I don't know, but um. <laughs> It's Borderlands. Yeah. Um, just, you know, in like 4K and with some quality of life improvement. It's it's just Borderlands. Uh, I'm glad that after 10 years they finally figured out that it's better to not make me press a button to pick the money up out of the container. Yeah. And the ammo out of containers. Like, you know, there's some nice streamlining happening here, but it is still just Borderlands. That's pretty much the extent of the changes. Yeah. I mean, there's a if, if there is an if it ain't broke, don't fix it element to this because it's not like Borderlands is an unsuccessful franchise. But I really have spent a lot of time playing this, feeling like I've done it all before. Um, yep. I'm not. It's not that I'm not enjoying it. But I think I reached the point where I'm not really enjoying it anymore. I haven't got to the point yet where I don't like it and I don't want to play it. But I have reached the point where the game is not convincing me to keep playing it. Yeah, I mean. I kind of reached that point about halfway through Borderlands 2 and never looked back. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never finished but a Borderlands. I finished Borderlands never. 1. And I think I finished Borderlands 2. I always get to this point with, these, with these games. Like I did, I definitely, yeah, I did finish Borderlands 2. I remember yeah. the end of Borderlands 2. I did, so I finished it. But the only reason I finished Borderlands 2 is because I was playing with a group and I basically had to. And then, like, we tried to play some of the DLC, and I think we got through Tiny Tina's, like, D&D expansion thing and Hammerlock's thing, and that was about it. I don't think we went back for the other stuff. Um, I have had pretty much the same experience with every Borderlands, all three of them now. I've never played the pre-sequel, though. I, I never played it either because I didn't like the base games all that much. But with these games, typically... I get about 14 or 15 hours in, and mm-hmm. I stall. I will say this. Letting, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I will now. say this. Letting you going to different planets is pretty much exactly what this series needed. Like yeah. Getting off of Pandora helps. There is sort of a moment about two hours after you do that the first time where you realize you're still just doing the same fucking thing. It like, is, it's, yeah. But at least it's not the same environment environment there's some yeah. you know, you're in a there's a big there's some city, new enemies there's like a swamp yeah so i mean they mixed it up before but now it's like you, you have a ship you can go on by the way the ship like your ship is like your uh your home base sort of thing where all your all the characters hang out and all this stuff it is one of the most confusingly laid out home bases in the history it of is. video games. Like, I thought that <laughs> fucking submarine. I thought I was alone. <laughs> I thought that fucking submarine in Wolfenstein the New Colossus was bad. This thing is like, I'm continually trying to figure out where the freaking cargo bay is. Like, uh-huh. I, I have no idea where they want well, to go. Well, I know where it is. You go all the way to the end, and then you spin around, yeah. and it's down the ramp. 
and then you fall down something, and then you get. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I that that mission. God when damn like, it! I'm in Moxie's bar again. Why did I get here? That happened to me too. Yeah. When they were like, find the cargo bay. I'm like, where's the freaking cargo bay? And like the way the map works, it's like there's like three levels of the ship, and like you'll go to like the waypoint. You may have turned yours off. But you go to the waypoint, but it's actually not that floor. But then there's right. no staircase that takes you down, so you have to go. Find where the other staircase... And then that only goes down one floor. I mean, the map is improved because it does show three dimensions now. Yeah, yeah. But there's still moments, like, especially in that first new planet you go to, which is all, like, like multi-level city stuff. There are a couple times where I'm like, where is the freaking... Where do you want me to go? Yeah. Tell me where you want me to go. And it it was up here, it was down here. And then eventually I figured out there's, like, there was more climbing and platforming in the game than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. Um, A lot of driving... Um, a lot of looting, man. That's what loot. really wears me out with this franchise is that I get I just get sick of it after a while. Like there is so much loot. And the crazy part about it is it's color coded like mm. like most games. So you do know like how rare something is yeah. before you go to pick it but up. But it happens real I mean, I'm not even picking greens up anymore. Like no. like I'm like level 15 or something. I'm just like green, fuck that. I, you know, yeah. I you know, if, if it's less than purple, I I think about, I have to like kind of consider it at this point. And, but, um, and to be fair, they do give you the rarer stuff faster in this one than they did in the uh, in the others. So I mean, about halfway about halfway through this, like what I was playing, like the you know bosses started dropping golds, um, which I'm sure will be useless in like three hours. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing my is you're, point. Ne- you're never you're never done. It's too much. It's too much. Like, after you finish a, p- a fight in a room, there are, like, 150 pieces of loot, like, laying on the ground. And it's like... And a lot of it's just ammo you can't pick up. Right. A but lot then, of it's ammo you can't pick up. you have to go up pick... to it to find that out. You have to right. go up to it to find it out. And then the other thing, I don't know if this has been happening with you. Like, when you put your reticle on the piece of loot, it shows you, like, what it is. Mm-hmm. But you have to look down. So the actual level of the loot is off screen. Oh, the, yeah, it pops have you up. noticed this? Yeah, you have to back up. And you have to back yeah. up to see it. Like, bro, that's just <laughs> 101 dipshit shit. Like, what the hell? Like, how did nobody testing this say, bro, I cannot see what this is without having to back up and see it? It's just dumb. It's like a fundamental thing that they just overlooked. And there's just so much loot. And you're right. Like, the color coding is a good guide to go by. But every once in a while, like, you'll find something that has, like, a color that's, like, base or whatever. And you actually go up and you realize, oh, my God, that's a grenade that's, like, twice as powerful as the one I'm using right now. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at all of it. It just – it drives me crazy. And the inventory is so small – I'm throwing stuff I mean, on the ground that, like, I coveted, like, 10 minutes. Early. I'm like, oh, my God, I got, like, a 126 assault rifle. And you're like, holy crap. I've, and then, like, 10 minutes later, you get five other guns that are more powerful than it. Like, I mean, I've expanded my uh, the, the inventory. So did pretty, I pretty and the much, ship like, or whatever where you yeah. could go and pay for it. I pay everything. I put all of it into my slots and still... That and I put a lot, I put a lot of the ammo for the my preferred gun types because there's not a lot of ammo in this. No, game. you run out of ammo like um, all the time. My, so I'm a gun. I'm the gunner. I'm the girl with the with the mech because of course I am. Yep. Uh, she does get an ability that every time you get a critical hit, she gets like three seconds of ammo regen. So uh, I never run out of gun. Oh, that's now. nice. So that's pretty solid. But if like I know until I got that, I was like, God, I keep running out of bullets. Like. Which I've never had as a problem in this game, in this series before. Yeah, like, I run weird. out all the time, and I'm playing as Flack, and Flack has you can see right that now. That was my. I was. I almost picked 
Flack. I, that was my other choice. So Flack is the Beast Master, mm-hmm. and there are several different creatures that you can, uh, and you have to in the skill tree, you choose which mm-hmm. which creature you want to use, and each one of them has completely different abilities. Like this one is like a bug that spits acid, but you can also go into the skill tree and you can set it up so that as you deal X amount of damage, he starts tossing health containers to you. So I very rarely die when I'm using him as, like, my beast or whatever. But each one of them has, like, a thing. And what I haven't found that, like, oh, this only works here. Like, they're pretty flexible and will work almost anywhere. But certain boss fights and things like that, the creature that you send out there makes a huge difference. And not only are there kind of those passive abilities that they do, like, you can also instruct your creatures. So I can put my reticle at an enemy. I could tap L1 and he'll do, like, a super attack on an enemy. Is that how it works for your character? No, my uh, the, my character works like uh, D.Va, basically. Oh, uh, okay. From, so, except, like, instead of uh, the mech being sort of the standard mode, the mech is her super. Okay. So I am an, I am basically just, like, a, like a, a run-and-gun character. And, in fact, she also has uh, several abilities that make her uh, more deadly when moving. Like, that's one of her big things is she doesn't have to stop. Okay. Uh, there's bonuses for killing people while sprinting with her, in fact. Um, she gets an ability that lets her, lets her shoot while sprinting. Um, so when you want to do your, your super, you, you hit left, left bumper, and the mech comes down, and she gets in. And um, you just blow the shit out of stuff until you run out of shield and or fuel. Um, the way the mech design works is like her skill trees are all based around weapons to equip on the mech. So like you've got like a Gatling gun you can put on the mech, one arm, and then the, you have two arms. So you can put one on one arm. and then you have a, So I usually use a Gatling gun on one arm and a rail gun on the other. You can put the same gun on both if you want. You can... Um, and then, like, you get more weapons and mods for them as you go down the tree. Like, I unlocked the flamethrower and a couple other things, but I don't find either of them, any of the new stuff I've unlocked is effective. It's just the good old Gatling gun and railgun combo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, they it's very powerful. You just wreck stuff. and But most of the st- you, you get a lot of abilities that upgrade the types of damage and how much ammo and how much heat, that because the, the, the mech is limited by heat uh, okay. instead of ammo um, on each weapon. So you can get abilities that help with with that, but at the same time they also cause and do a, usually have a beneficial effect on her when she's not in the mech. Okay. So I have a, I so I have an ability that re, every time I get a critical hit I regen ammo. Uh, I have an ability that every I think at this point I think every four shots is an incendiary bullet that does not use ammo at all. Um, she's got the, a lot of cool stuff. I mean the trees are pretty crazy. Yeah, they, they, like I've been playing this game for a while, there. and I'm still only on like the second row. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's like eight, that, and it goes down yeah. because some of trees. them, like, like yeah, because like and there's three trees, and like some of them, like I've been putting multiple points in, like yeah. the one that increases my health bar, or the one that increases the damages, uh, the damage that my beast dole out. Like I've put like several in those, but still, like I'm only like on the second step down out of like eight of mm-hmm. those trees like it takes a while they've I, I they've definitely built this game to be viable over the long haul uh i mean when you have yeah, trees they definitely like expect that, you to play it a couple of times through like a long i think they expect you to play it a long freaking time yeah now you're seeing the trees right here so here, i guess there's not eight there's one two three four five six different rows there uh, but the trees are pretty extensive, and they, I mean, that's one thing I do like about it, is, like, the flexibility I have with, even with just my character, he has, like, five different creatures that he can summon, and, and they all function differently. Like, 
Some of them are good for taking on aerial enemies. Some of them are good for taking on tanks. Some of them are like all purpose. Um, it gives you a lot of flexibility how you play within just one character because there's only the four to choose from, mm -hmm. which is a little weird for a modern game. But I mean, that's always been Borderlands. But I will say this: I wasn't interested in any of the classes in the run-up, but the opening cinema did make me interested in the class. Like they, yeah, because the opening really... cinema gives a good, good, kind of a good rundown of what each yeah. one does and why. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but then they don't explain why you suck after that. <laughs> like, like at least, Borderlands 2, at least, like, you were in the train crash. Yeah. And, like, that's why you lost like, your all your stuff, stuff and yeah. you were injured, so you had to kind of rebuild yourself from back, back up. This one is just like, nah, it's not very good. We haven't even talked about the story, actually, the plot in this. I'm a little lost because I didn't finish either of the prior two Borderlands games. I, I mean, don't know I how did. much it ties it's, in. It's, I mean, it ties in in the sense that characters return from it, um, but that's about it. Like, there's no real... Yeah, you're basically just a vault hunter. You're a mercenary. Yeah, and you hook up with Lilith, who was the siren player. The leader player of the... What's the... Crimson Raiders. Crimson Raiders, yeah. And Lilith was the, the playable siren in the first Borderlands. Um, and, uh, I mean, a couple other characters show up, but there are... It's oddly enough, not all of them do, so there's a few, like, no-shows uh, in it, and... Um, I mean, obviously, there's a couple of people that died in the last one in Borderlands 2, so they won't be here. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, so there's a little bit of that. There's some like you know NPCs that show up that you know Ellie's in there and uh, Tannis and Moxie, obviously. Um, I do still miss Scooter, uh, who died in I think two. Spoiler. Uh, catch, catch a ride. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean Ellie's very funny too. But uh, it's it's weird how like so the. Like the, I like the core characters. Like I like Ellie and Lilith and and Tan I love. Is it Tannis, the the weird doctor who like is the the expert on iridium? Yep. Like I love her. I I she's she, I liked her in in two and the and all the the audio logs. So she's like so. I like so, almost all the characters. She's like weirdly this. sociopathic. But the the once you get out of that core cast, um, like everyone else, like the rest of the the characters and the rest of the script is pretty much like we went on Reddit three years ago and called all the memes we could find and made each one into a character. Well, there's a there's an undercurrent in the plot in this game. Like it takes shots at like influencers and mm -hmm. YouTubers. Like that's also constantly. That's also the, the bad guys thing. in this game yeah, twins, are influencers. The twins are YouTube's are, are Twitch streamers basically. Yeah, but I find that kind of irritating. Not in the sense that I because like those streamers. people make them a lot of money <laughs> no, well, no more in the sense that that element was not part of this universe until this game right which yeah. also kind of goes to show you how long this freaking series has been going but like there was no streaming before it didn't there even was exist no, none yeah. of that stuff existed and like kind of dragging it into this the universe and the lore to kind of just so you can make your cheap jokes about like influencer crap is a little bleh to me yeah. like it, it, and also they're just not as compelling villains as handsome jack was um I think the villains suck. Yeah, they're not. I, and I just don't understand why I don't just kill them. Yeah, they do such awful like, stuff, and I still don't hate them because I'm just amb ambivalent to yeah. them. Like, I just don't care what about What I will them. say is I whoever the, – the main story and kind of the main stuff on that is not very interesting to me, and I don't find most of it entertaining outside of the individual characters that I know from the previous games. But the incidental dialogue, the one-liner incidental dialogue in this is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, there's like I've, – I've laughed more at the one-offs from the dying bandits yeah, than I yeah. have at all the script the, – the main script stuff combined. Yeah. Like, like when the bandit dies and he's just like, 
it's like my secret chili recipe dies with me. Yeah, like, I know you're right. It's like, and like when you blow one guy's head off, and he just says, he says something like, "It's like, oh, I gotta wear a helmet." <laughs> I'm like, what? And I, one uh, time I came out of the the new you machine after you die, you get reconstituted, and they say thing. And uh, one time I got out, and it says, it says, it says Hyperion's new you will reconstitute you no matter how you die, unless you die in a cutscene. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that's very funny because self-referential because like, I, I kept saying that when characters would die in Borderlands, I'm like, why don't they just revez? Right, like, that's the whole thing in this game. The only other thing I would say in that regard is um, uh, the replacement claptrap voice ain't doing it for no, me. No, like, it's not great. He's close. It's, it's it is pretty it's close. close. I'm surprised but, they found someone that close. I mean, it is, yeah, it's really close, but it's just not Dave Eddings. I think the voice acting overall in this game is really good though. It is very good. The script um, isn't amazing. It's not terrible, but it's not amazing either, but the voice actors are great. What's the the one character's name? She's kind of the portly girl. Ellie. Ellie. She's awesome. She's great. She's a great character. She's been man. great for, you know, two three games or Yeah. Um I'm not a big or, fan. Does she have the same voice actor this time? I believe I believe everyone's voice actor except is the same. for Claptrap. Except for Claptrap and uh, Riz, Riz uh, Troy Baker did not return uh, as the guy from. Oh, um, I remember reading a story about yeah, that. Yeah, there's a whole thing about that. I think a couple of those characters from the Telltale game are different. Yeah, but uh, all every, everyone I think except for Claptrap in terms of the main the main cast from the previous Gearbox made games I think is the same. Uh, at least did we I, ever? I, I don't encounter. think we still shared the plot, did we? We, I think we went on a the tangent. Plot? Like the the <laughs> twins are blowing stuff up, and they're looking. Lilith's looking for the uh, last vault or something, and so you find a map and you get a spaceship. She needs and you a fly map. You're, it's a race to make it to this vault before, before the, the twins. It's the same story as the other damn games. It's like there's a vault, and you got to get there before the bad guys. Yeah, that's accurate. Except in this one, you go to other planets. Yeah. Because the vault isn't on the planet that you're on. Yeah. Which is good because it's nice to see more of the world. Not oh, the yeah. world, but like the universe. That, you know, you don't really think of Borderlands as having a universe, really. No. Like, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see sort of other places in this in this uh, weird tongue in cheek universe they've created here, and like see the you see the headquarters of like the various corporations yeah. and stuff, and yep. uh, that's kind of fun. But like, it's 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 also sort of weird in the sense that there is sort of an assumption on the part of the game that you care about the backstory of yeah. Borderlands, which uh, is like, like mm, they they yeah. think you really care about yeah. it. <laughs> Like like Tales from the Borderlands is good, but I don't know if that like carries over that far really. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in it that is like a nice streamline. I mean, I think the you know the, I think the, the shooting feels a little better. Um, I don't think it feels great though. It doesn't feel great, but it does feel better. I, it doesn't feel quite as plinky as the other ones did, yeah. even with like the low level guns. Um, the the variety in guns in this one actually feels a little more meaningful than it did it's before. It's insane how many guns this, there are. But, I mean, there is the, still a problem. Like, if I find one that I really like, there's nothing I can do to keep it after, like, a few hours. Yeah, because it runs out of its usefulness. You yeah. can't level it up to a place right. where you can keep using it. And there's some weird little thing. You know, they still got the teleporting gun, th- or, the, or you throw the gun instead of reloading, you throw it and it blows up. Like, that was actually yeah. more effective this time. There's a couple new ones. There's, like, ones where, like, they don't reload. They have infinite ammo, but they they self destruct after like fifty bullets you yeah. fire or something like that. Yeah, the guns are thing. insane. And they, I, a lot, and of, a lot of them have auto fire and like there are alternate fire, and the alternate fire stuff tends to be really fun. I'll say this: like every time I equip a new gun, I'm excited to see what it'll do mm-hmm. because you never know. You just don't until you start firing it and seeing how yeah. it operates. I also think, it, just in my experience, I think uh, one of the things that used to annoy me about the old games. Is when I'd find like a purple or a gold, 
and I'd equip it, and it sucked. Yeah. You know, even if it, whatever the stats were okay, but it would it would be like a, a type of gun I didn't like, or it would do something that I, I didn't like the way it worked. I haven't run into that. Even if it's a type of gun that I don't prefer to use, the purples and the golds tend to be still be useful and not annoying. Because, like, you'd have, like, oh, this rocket launcher fires, like, six rockets, and it would fire them just, like, out. <laughs> right. Like, I can't <laughs> like anything a cone, yeah. You know? and, and it's, like, they're much better about making the guns useful i yeah. would say like I, I i haven't run into any complete duds outside of ones i look at the stats i'm like well you suck you know um but like the ones that especially the ones with the red text which are kind of more you know intentionally named guns or designed guns to some degree yep. um i find those to be way more useful in this game so it's not i'm not having a bad time yeah me either i've enjoyed the time i spent with it i just feel like i've kind of reached the point where i'm not enjoying it that much yeah anymore. like I, I could i could play it some more or i or i could not play it some more i think what I, i'm gonna I'd be do fine either way really. i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna start playing it co-op mm-hmm. uh, i've been playing it by myself all this time so far and uh i think i'm gonna fire up that social menu and start getting people mm-hmm. into games with me and playing with other people uh hopefully people that i know that i want to kind of talk to while i play because it does start to get repetitive i mean it's good that there are new planets because each one of them kind of gives you a new set of enemies and a new set of environments and colors and all that. Um, but it still ultimately ends up... I mean, you've been watching this B-roll. Does it not mm. all look the same? Yeah. I mean, it does ultimately when it comes down to it. Like, the guys just... Now they're level 12 instead of being mm. level 11. And it takes 10 bullets to drop them instead of, instead of 8. Yeah, like, don't think about it too much or you'll never play an RPG again. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. And one thing I would say, too, I is... I remember like, my first, when I first realized that when I was, like, 12. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still doing the same thing I was doing 30 hours ago, but the numbers that pop up over their heads are bigger They're now. They're bigger, and that's pretty much that's all it. it is. That's yeah. the only difference. I, I will say one thing, you know, we and were... that's why story is important in an RPG. It is, yeah. We were talking earlier about, you know how I was saying how the game hasn't changed that much and now you've kind of said it as well and you're like but you know it's it's Borderlands or whatever I mean this was kind of one of the first like first person shooter RPGs yeah and I feel like at least they really lean into that yeah aspect of it, and I yeah. feel like we gave it a pass on a lot of stuff when it first came out because we're like but there's nothing else like it so whatever mm-hmm. but but now there's a lot of other right. stuff like it and a lot of it is the other games in the series right like i like, I feel like we needed to see more progression in this one than little, we have. A little bit. I mean, and I can understand why you think you, there was enough progression here with the changes to, like, jumping to the different planets. and like. But it's just, I don't know. Like, there's some, I mean, and the, the classes are interesting. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying playing my new class. I don't feel like it's the same as, I mean, it is pretty much the same as the old soldier class. Yeah. In the sense that I'm good with guns. I can blow stuff up real effectively. And when I need a super move, I can pull out this thing that makes me effectively invulnerable and fires out really dangerous ammo. Except now I get in it instead of hiding behind it. Right. right? It's the same thing yeah. as the soldier classes. I, look, but I love my fun. class too. It's it is good. fun. Yeah, it's, it's mindless fun. I guess that's the yeah. best way I can describe it in, in a couple couple words. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know Should it, people buy it? Keeping in mind that Q- look, you Q4 know you you already here. know whether you like this or not if you play Borderlands. Yeah, like, if you've ever it. played it before, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, the one thing I will say is I'm playing on Xbox One X. Um, it runs okay. I have it in performance mode, but performance mode gives you a massive hit to like pop in and detail fade in, and switching it to graphics mode, the frame rate sucks. Really? And so, it, and apparently the Xbox One X is like the best of the consoles for that. Um, I hope they can improve the technical performance because I think it is a little underwhelming in terms of performance, especially for something that requires 
precision like this you want you know and, and fighting all these enemies you want it to run pretty smooth and it does run pretty smooth most of the time but i feel like the the graphical hit you take when you switch to performance mode at least for me feels like it, it has to dial it down a little more than it should but uh, it does look pretty good in general. I mean, I like. I've oh, always liked. The, I've always liked the art style of Borderlands. Me too. I so. think this is easy. I mean, not even just on a technical level, but artistically, this is the best looking Borderlands oh, yeah. game. Um, I have a friend in Philly who just bought a PS4, and uh, I saw him when I was home uh, for Labor Day, and he was talking to me about. It. He's like, I just got it. I don't really have any games yet, and uh, he bought Borderlands Three. And he texted me this weekend. He's like, Do you have Borderlands? And I'm like, Yeah, I have it. He's like, What do you think of it? I'm like, What do you think of it? Because he's like he's not a hardcore gamer at all, mm-hmm. and he's he hasn't even owned a console. He said since like the N sixty four or something, and he got a PS four and he got Borderlands, and he said even him he was like it's kind of the same thing over and over, isn't it? <laughs> and I was like, yep. I'm like, you may not have played games for the last like fifteen years, but you're no idiot. So I don't think you have to be a video game critic to see kind of the game's mm-hmm. faults, but it's also gorgeous and fun. And oh, and another thing I like is um. Like you get you get pretty early on you get the wheel bike yeah like it's a basically it's a basically General Grievous's wheel thing, but um, and as someone who messed with the vehicles a lot in multiplayer in the old games, I know for a fact that when they used to gate you off from taking the vehicle into places, they would do it by just putting a big invisible wall where right. you couldn't go. I mean, you had like you know terrain that stopped you, but it was a you literally couldn't get the vehicle. They don't do that in this. In this, the thing that stops you is literally the little objects that create the barrier. Yeah. You can get that wheel bike in places it is not supposed to be. Oh, I'm sure. And that's a ton of fun. Oh, like, I haven't I've, tried I've that, a, actually. I've had a lot of fun, like, just <laughs> cramming that thing between, like, posts and stuff. Well, you could probably yeah. take it into, like, the dungeons where you're yeah, not supposed you can, to have a, a vehicle of, I've at gotten, all. I've gotten a couple in there. And, like, huh. like oh, of course, if you come to a small door, you're screwed. Right. But at least it's just a fun thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I didn't realize, that, cause the, game, the game does a lot of tutorial stuff, but doesn't tell you some of the stuff yeah. that I think would have... You can fast travel to your vehicle yeah no matter where you are the fast travel system in this is good much more stream yeah much very better, generous they don't really go in and also my fast travel tutorial got stuck and kept repeating itself over and over again trying to make me fast travel the same thing over and over <laughs> again so i had to just cancel it out <laughs> but um yeah so maybe it tells you that if you get past where the tutorial got stuck on mine but like you don't have to once you kill the boss in a dungeon you do not have to run all the way back out just fast travel back to your freaking car yeah the fast travel is great um I mean, overall, like, the difficulty is pretty well balanced. Like, when yeah. you die, you have, a, like, a last stand. And if you kill an enemy during that last stand, mm-hmm. you'll you'll revive. Also, in co-op, uh, you you will get the, the second wind even if someone else kills the enemy. You just have to do, oh, really? you have to do damage to them. Oh. So people can't steal your second wind kill anymore. Interesting. Yeah, there's been so – the, the times I've died is where – I had already killed all the enemies, and I had nobody yeah. to kill with my second win. Most of the times I've died has been because I killed all the extra guys, and the boss took me down, and yep. I, I, I didn't, I couldn't kill the boss that fast. Same. So that was it. Same here. Yeah. So, um, it's good. Always leave, a, always leave one bandit alive. Yeah, that's what you learn to do. Yeah. Like if you're in a boss fight, leave one of the minions alive because mm-hmm. you're going to need him as like a revive. It's Certainly a, an interesting strategy to follow while you're playing yeah. a game. And Although I will say, like, I mean, I found some good shields early on, but there's like a, there's a, you know, the, there's a little like milestone things that they constantly tell you other people on your friends list have been doing and stuff. Yeah. And filling up the yeah, bar. Yeah, a little and, annoying uh, after a while. A little bit. I know very well what Blair Herter is doing in this game, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, but uh, there's an early one for like healing like 50 health or something. I didn't get that for like seven hours. <laughs> like, because I, my shield was so good, it would just, I would never you get hurt enough damage, yeah. to have to require to heal. So like, um, 
I guess it is a little easy, but I yeah. think I, I think I got good drops for the shield early on. Like even when you do die, the punishment for it yeah. is like nothing. It's like a hundred dollars. Well, it's 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 a, a percentage. Oh, it's a percentage. Yeah, so like I, I died with like twenty thousand credits like a couple times once, and I lost like. Four thousand or something. Oh, I didn't realize. I mean, that. you get it back like that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's. You it's collect a, a lot of money, but most of it's like eight dollars, thirty dollars. Yeah, it adds up, it and then like you sell it. off all your stuff, and it's you know it's it's balanced. Fun. It's balanced yeah. well. You know, it's, it's annoying when you lose money for dying like that, especially. If you but I've never been out of money. No, so whatever. <laughs> what do you what do you use the money for really anyway? I mean, I mean o- only if you see a, a weapon on you know the uh, purple you know, weapons in the purple vending weapon machine as a special on one of the vending machines. Purple grenades in the it. vending machine. That's it. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you're getting your really good stuff from uh, gold keys that Randy Pitchford tweets out. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay, who buys this game? Borderlands fans, no brainer for sure. If you weren't sick of Borderlands after the second one, go buy it. No problem. You're gonna love it. Yes. Um, if you want to play co-op with someone on a good thing. I think this, I'll tell you this, like I have more, more couples I know are playing this together than any other mainstream game I have seen in forever. I could and see in that. In fact, uh, my brother-in-law texted me uh, yesterday and it's like, is it okay? Cause I, in the room I stay in at their house, which is where my mom lives with them too. Uh, they, I, I have a PS4 there uh, for, to play stuff when I'm up there. And they said they he texted me and said, "Can we move your PS4 downstairs so that uh, you know your sister can play Borderlands with me downstairs?" Hell I'm like, yeah! I'm like, I'm like, "Yeah, just don't use my account." Right. And so they, so they I guess they did that. But I'm like, I, that I've never been asked that before. <laughs> They're my, my excited si- for My it. sister doesn't play games very often anymore. She used to play MMOs with with him and, uh-huh. and their friends all the time before they had kids. But they're making time to play Borderlands wow. together. So I do think this might be the best third-party game, the best-selling third-party game. It could be this up year. there for sure, especially because you got that meant they bought, that means they bought two. Yeah, I mean it's, it, I mean the, the last two have sold what about fifteen ultimately around. I don't, I don't actually, but that know. took like years for them to hit that. Yeah. But I mean it's the third one. It's the end of the generation. The install base is huge. I think it could be the best-selling third-party game this year, even though it's coming it's out in September. Definitely up there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's going to be between this and Breakpoint. Yeah, that's probably safe. Depen- Wait, when did Red, Red Dead came out this year? Didn't Red Dead was last year. Oh, it was last year. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it probably will be. Yep. Yeah. Nothing else of real note came out early in the year. In terms and of anything else sales. that comes out third-party, I think that might be Breakpoint's problem is coming out so late. That yeah, this has a head start. Yeah, uh, by a couple of months. I don't I mean Breakpoint. Wildlands sold it did real. That's real that, hard, me, real fast. To me, that was the biggest shocker of this generation. Because well, no one, that no, like, that was the thing. Is like that game sold almost entirely to people who aren't us. Yeah, and like no one in my social circle talked about it. No one played it. No one. Did it's it. like it didn't exist. No, but like <laughs> it, just, it, it again is it. a reminder that the th- the people who make these these big games big games aren't us. Yeah. It's the seven to ten million people who just play like two things a year, yep. and that's one—that's the one that they all picked. They find year. the one that their friends latch on to, and yeah, yeah. I mean, oh wait, Vince is bringing up a good idea or a good point. Call of Duty. Call of Duty does exist. I, but, you uh, know what? I just tend can you, to can you play <laughs> can you play four player co op in a giant open world in Call of Duty? Yeah, you can't. I mean, that's also that's the hook of it won't of outsell Wild, Call of Duty. It's the hook of Breakpoint, but it's also the hook of uh, I mean, Wildlands didn't outsell Call of Duty that year either. No. But uh, I, I it's look also at the Call of, of I, I think I've just learned to subconsciously just eliminate Call of Duty from discussion like that. 
Yeah, well, because it's, it's the, like a given. It's yeah. like you know it's going to be the best-selling third-party yeah, game. So it's like, oh, you don't count. There's no fun unless in a Rockstar game is coming out. Yeah, it doesn't matter. that's the only one that has a chance really to topple it. That's it, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, Call of Duty ended up outselling Red Dead last year. So it's just the way it is. Red Dead's got the legs, though. It does absolutely. Still going. Yep. So that's it. That's it for Borderlands 3, and that's it for all our topics for today's episode. Before we go, we have a trailer of the week and what looks like it's going to be a pretty lengthy Q&A. As always, as we run the trailer of the week, get your questions into the chat. Go at Sifted Games so we can pluck it out from all you guys just talking to each other. Also see a lot of you guys subscribing via Twitch Prime right now. That is ideal because I can thank all you guys personally when we get back from the trailer of the week. You guys may be expecting a Japanese game for the trailer of the week this week because Tokyo Game Show just fin- finished. But You fools! You are foolish! You are wrong! <laughs> Our trailer of the week this week is for a game made in America. And I think it's a game that most people who do code is sifted and do watch our podcast are going to be excited for. It is the first gameplay trailer for System Shock 3. Let's roll it. There is no evil here. Only change. Species does not, in its current form, work as designed. Yet you resist. Your kind always reacts with violence. Your futile struggles entertain me. Our little dance has only just begun. starting to take pretty good shape yeah i'm pretty excited for that fingers crossed <laughs> yeah you're right it is war inspector yeah who i used to trust a lot and I, I still, now i still pretty much i still do. trust him but not like i used to like i used to think he was like god tier video game developer now i think he's just good what changed your mind his last couple games like epic mickey I loved Epic Mickey. See, I thought they were good ideas. I just didn't like how they were executed. I love the first one. I didn't. I didn't love the second one. Yeah. Um, I don't hate them, but I just. But uh, I, I mean, I love. The I first mean, look, one. he was up here for me, man. Like after Deus Ex, yeah. I was like, he's like one of the top three developers in the world to me. I, I got a lot of heat from my uh, five out of five for Epic Mickey. Oh, but uh, I still. I, still I can see a play. I can see a way where you could get that. Epic Mickey two. I didn't review that one, but uh, didn't didn't. Him. Maybe, it kind of, maybe because the novelty wasn't there anymore. It veered off course a little bit, yeah. honestly. But uh, what, did you do anything else since then? Not really. He made mm-hmm. some small stuff, but nothing big. Well, it'd be a good comeback. Sometimes it's good to lower expectations, though, because then yes. you get that pleasant surprise. We well, also got the advantage, maybe that most, I think, a bulk of the audience doesn't even know what System Shock is. Yeah. So uh, everybody can meet Shodan for the first time. Yep. I'm excited for it. I think it looks good. Um, better than I thought it was going to look. Yeah. I'll say that much. Uh, the month just turned over for Twitch Prime. So I know a lot of you guys who are watching it live right now, you guys have already subscribed via Twitch Prime. Anyone who's watching this on Sifted, on Patreon, on YouTube, it all just turned over. So if you could go back and just hit that button, it takes five seconds. You can give us $2.50. That would be great. 
Uh, but right now, I'm going to thank everybody who just did it in uh, on our live stream. ETH Demon, not Earth Demon, which I learned last week for the first time. 17 months, thank you. Chevelle Man 1979, 20 months, thank you. Freeze Frame Rate, 14 months, thank you, Mitch. Uh, let's see, Justin Horman, 27 months. Have we even been doing it that long? Was he subscribing like before it even like happened? Um, Maybe yeah, he picked I mean, up on it that's before. That's a little over two years. We've been doing this since early 2015. No, not Twitch Prime. Oh, Twitch Prime? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That might have been the 27 whole 27 months. You may be the record setter, Justin Horman. Thank you, brother. That's a long time. And thanks for using my emoji. I appreciate that as well. <laughs> and typing butts, butts, butts. That's great. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon, thank you for the cheer, man. You just gave us a bunch of bits. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, who else we got for Twitch Prime? I think that's it. All right, let's get to some questions. Uh, let's see. ETH Demon. This is a question for Matt. Have you considered buying a level slash story skip to get to Shadowbringers? Honestly, it's by far my game of the year. And given what we know is coming out, I don't see anything beating it. But because it's behind 250 hours of leveling, most in the game's press won't see it. I have considered it. Um, I don't know. Like, I I have... I hate jumping into late MMO stuff without knowing how to play it. So I think I need to play the, the base game lo- a little longer and I'll get kind of tired of it. And it's probably some, if I'm, I'll consider it very seriously once I get to like round level 30 ish, once I feel like I really have a handle on how everything plays. Um, but I'm thinking about it. I feel like, I feel like it, the praise that Shadowbringers is getting makes me feel like it's, it's kind of hitting must play status. I mean, I hate MMOs and it's like people are gushing over it so hardcore mm. that I'm like, maybe I should play it. But yeah. after here, there's no way after reading that, that question. That's well, not you, happening. There is a thing you get for like, it's like, I think it's like five bucks or seven bucks or something. You jump right to it. Oh. And you can like create a character, up, upgrade your character or something to, to handle it and stuff. Okay. I mean, most of the MMOs with big expansions do that. Like, you know, it's like how in uh, like Wrath of the Lich King, you could create a Death Knight like right out of the gate. Wasn't that the first WoW expansion to do that, though? Yes. Where they would let you jump forward? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see, SJD Swanlin. Mm, but it definitely is starting to look like at least one of us should play that by the end of the year. Yeah, you're right, for and Game I of the Year discussion. I think that one might be on it's, me. I'm not jumping on that grenade, <laughs> Kyle. You know I'm not. Uh, SJD Swanlin. What game genre or game type uh, that you can't get into would you possibly like if they added your favorite genres and ideas to it? I'd like to see a 2D Metroidvania take on Battle Royale to get me interested in the latter. Interesting. I mean, Battle Royale would probably be my pick. Um, I don't know what you could possibly do to make me interested in it. Um, maybe you could make a Transformers version that plays as well as Apex Legends, if, as long as we're making shit up. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that would never happen. Um, something like that, I guess. Or like a Star Wars one with just Stormtroopers or something. Or like a hundred Jedi or some crap, you know, some some sort of license trappings might make me interested. A giant, like I said, uh, if Apex Legends were to add Titans, I would probably be enticed back in for that. Um, but part of it is just like I don't. Most of the stuff I don't play is because I don't have time or interest in devoting that much of my life to online games, like like uh, MOBAs. I don't. I don't. I I understand the appeal of MOBAs. What if they I, made a MOBA that was like Marvel characters? They kind of did. They made a Transformers one. Did they? It, yeah, it was very short-lived. I may never have gotten out of beta, but um, 
it still didn't work. It just I mm, I don't it's my thing is I'm just I just don't in my old age I do not care whether I'm better at a game than you are or not except fighting games. That's it. Yeah. That's just the fighting games are in my my DNA, but like I don't care uh, who's better and I don't care about getting good enough to be consistently good at it and no amount of trappings is going to change that. Uh, and in terms Fair. of like single player stuff, I like everything. So yep. I mean, there aren't any genres that I really hate other than MMOs and survival games. And the thing with survival games is that they're already kind of wrapped up in other things that I do like. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I do suffer through them. Not the hardcore ones. Yeah, but there are survival games I do like. Yeah, I wouldn't put that as one of my. You know, it's all same with roguelikes. Roguelikes I generally don't like, but there are like three roguelikes I really love. Yeah. So it all depends how you how you put it together. There aren't really any genres that I just say I hate every single game in this genre. Even battle royale, I like Apex Legends. I just don't. De- I'm just not dedicated enough to play it all the time. <clears throat> yeah, you could create an MMO that was nothing but Pittsburgh sports stars, <laughs> and I still wouldn't be interested in playing it. It's well, just what if it not played like a real t- game? Then, yeah, I would. You know, like yeah. there's, there's been MMOs. That, you know, there was a – God, I can't remember what it was, but it was an MMO. It was like a fantasy-style thing, I think, but it was like – I want to say it was made in like Singapore or, or Southeast Asia somewhere, and it, like, it, had, it was very anime-looking characters, but the rest of the, the design was very sort of like straight Western fantasy and it was all combo, like action, like, like beat-em-up based. And it was actually pretty fun to play. It was free-to-play. I can't remember the name of the damn thing. Um, but it was really – it was actually a lot of fun to play. Uh, and it was one of the first MMOs I remember playing that was A, free-to-play, and B, um, almost completable entirely solo. And it was, it was a long time ago, but it, I can't remember the name. It was a very generic name. But um, I enjoyed that. It was actually fun to play the game. That's, That's the problem MMOs my have. catch with MMOs. They're not yeah, fun to they play. Like I, I can name maybe two. That, that one and... Um, mm, I mean, I enjoyed playing SWOTOR. Um, but Swotor is still pretty much just wow. Yeah. So not my forte. Great question though. Um, Jay Reed Vic Seven with GTA Five outselling Control in August. That's disgusting. And being in the top ten bestsellers for 2019. That's double disgusting. Uh, even ahead of Red Dead in six. Would you be excited about introducing new ideas into the marketplace? Yeah. Sure. But as long as they're not the new ideas like we're getting with Death Stranding. <laughs> The new ideas we're getting with Death Stranding. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always open for Look, we've been playing games so for so long and so hardcore that, I mean, I can't speak for Matt. But for me personally, any new idea, I am going to soak it up. Like, it's it, we have a dearth of new ideas in the industry right now. I think Borderlands 3 is the poster boy for that. It, even after all this time, it still was basically just Borderlands 2 with a couple quality of life fixes. So, yeah, I think, speaking for myself, any ideas coming into the marketplace I think is a good idea. Like, I even think that even though, like, Death Stranding is starting to track in a way that I'm not that interested in, I still think it's good for the industry to have something that looks that bizarre and that weird while tying it in with, like, a B-list, like, celebrity that, that can get people who maybe don't play games to at least give it a look. Like, I like the concepts behind it and what they're trying to do with that game. So I am oh, I think new ideas are what's going to keep this industry going. I think it's what's going to keep websites like Sifted alive and whatever comes after us alive long after we're gone. So, yeah, I think it's the lifeblood of the industry. 
Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's, new ideas are good, but generally overrated. Um, I think execution is more important uh, most of the time. Um, in fact, I think one of the reasons Borderlands 3 will be such a good seller is because they have executed on their old ideas in a very good way, in a very smooth and you know convincing way. Um, and generally, I think I, f I find that um, it tends to be more important, at least in the marketplace, in terms of sales and success, to take an old idea and make it really good. Um, and that's what indie games have been doing for the last several, you know, maybe yeah. a half decade or more. Yep. Is like, you know, almost all the indie games we played are not new ideas, but they are executed on in a, either a different way or a more thoughtful way than anyone has tried in a long time. Agreed. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even need a new idea. Sometimes stuff like something like Undertale is full of old ideas, but they're old ideas that no one has used in a long time and put together in a different order. And sometimes all you need. All You're you, right. <laughs> just rearranging the chairs like sometimes yeah. makes a big difference. Or just doing, you know, look, I mean, look, I, I'm, I would never defend it because I think what they're doing is ridiculous. But Star Citizen, who would have thought you could get $250 million out of people for a, a space game? I mean. Like, that's because. I but, mean, the more crazy but, thing is that they continue to get money out of to, people. Yes. But part of it is because <laughs> no one makes these. Yeah. Like, there was that. People are begging There was a for drought it. of those kinds of games for 15 years and, and you realize 15 years that's a generation yeah so not only or, are you going to satisfy people who wanted that genre and missed it for 15 years there's a whole new rush of people who've never even seen it yeah but they're not the ones donating all the money all no the, of course not you go to the star citizen boards it's they like, just want to buy and play it well you go to the star citizen boards it's like people in their 50s and older yeah with tons of disposable income some of whom were sitting around saying, hey, if you don't make this game soon, I'm going to die before I get to play it <laughs> in its release candidate. Um, I laugh, but... But, uh, you know, the same thing with, like, Bloodstained. Like, who's making Metroidvanias? Yeah. It's, like, it's basically a kick kickstarted EGA and Indies, and sometimes Nintendo blesses us with a Metroid. Yeah. That's about it. Yep. Uh, so I would say new ideas are good, but also old ideas that no one else is using. If you can come up with a way to modify that for a modern... Uh, a modern take, modern audience, like that's just as good. Yep. Johnson Bow, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime, man. You rock. Uh, let's see, maybe we'll answer one more. Uh, there's a bunch. Uh, all right, we'll answer this one from Justin Horman because he gave us all the bits. Justin Horman, the Genesis Mini is out in two days. Do you think the library of rare and great games, although missing some gems like Revenge of Shinobi, will help it sell well or have the cheapo older units that were horrible left such a bad taste in the mouths of potential buyers that it's just turned them off to the idea of getting anything like this Genesis related anymore? It doesn't seem like they're doing much dis distancing from the older units in ads. So yeah, there's been the M2. The M2, by all accounts, seems to be the better yeah. option. It is. And it's old. Um, but it's also not as easy to find. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think I think this is such a niche audience, Sega Sega Retro. Yeah. That most of the people who are interested in this are are going to know the difference and are aware of sort of the run up to all this. And he's right though. Like I remember, interested. I went into Radio Shack over the holidays, like five years ago, when Radio Shack still existed, and they were selling like a oh, yeah. Genesis like terrible micro, Genesis yeah, with a little bad sound. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I remember. You can still go buy those. Right <laughs> Probably. Now. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm still going to buy one and I've never bought one of those Genesis things because, you know, 
real Sega fans know the difference between crap and good. So yep. that's why we're Sega fans. So uh, I'm not too worried about that in terms of kind of the audience they must be aiming for, but uh, it's not going to be a hit in the way that the NES Classic or the Super Nintendo Classic were yeah. at all. Well, I think Sony and learned I that think... with the PlayStation 1 Classic. Yes, that was absolutely true. Um, and if you want to see that happen again, we got a TurboGrafx Classic. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing about the TurboGrafx Classic, actually, though, is it's probably one of the best treatments of a classic console, mini console, I've ever seen. It's got both... It's got both the Japanese and and U.S. release versions of them. There are two different libraries for each, and they're both included. You, I mean, it's they're doing it completely right on that thing, and no one is going. No one to will care. care. It's like a tree falls in the woods. There's nowhere, no one there to hear it. I'll be. Did in it the, really fall? I'll be in the woods <laughs> to be hit by that tree. <laughs> I love the Turbo Graphics. Uh, okay. That's it for Game Face episode 182. Thanks to everybody who was on chat. Thanks to everybody who contributed via Twitch Prime. Again, it just turned over, so all you folks can hit that button again. Don't smash the like button. Hit the Twitch Prime button. I'm going to start my own dumb saying for YouTube. Uh, But anyway, thanks again, everyone who showed up uh, on the stream. You guys made it a ton of fun. Lots of great comments in there. Uh, As I said, ask Shane anything questions going up tomorrow. Make sure you get in there, because without you guys, there is no show. Next round of Pactor Factor starts tomorrow, so look for that. We'll have a double dip. We'll have Game Face in the morning and Pactor Factor in the evening. So it's going to be a good week on Sifted. It's going to be a great month for for video games. We'll see you back here at our normal day and time next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Game Face is up and out.